Americans, welcome to yet another episode of Yeah Good, the podcast for musicians, by musicians, usually talking about musicians, and occasionally Baby Yoda. Hey. How you doing, Dylan? Great. I'm excited for our first official musician podcast of, of the, 2020. Yeah, of 2020. And I'm, so, ah. I'm super jazzed about our guest because it's not, none other than Mr. James Hatem. And we got Connor in the studio with us, too. Hi. But James, Mr. James Sumbitch and Hayden. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Boom. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I don't know how Connor got in the studio. I'm a little uncomfortable, but we'll just continue on with the interview. He he slept here. <laughs> I was up in the rafters. Yeah. Just just, just hanging up there. Hanging <laughs> upside down. Do we have rafters? <laughs> oh, we got them. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we got them, yeah. and Connor found them. <laughs> Dylan, do you know these were here? You're just like upside down? <laughs> There's like a little black and white TV hanging just upside like down, down. Just by the just by the just by the wire. <laughs> He's like, you hit your head so hard, you're just like, are you guys good? <laughs> like, like, are you good? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that'll be part of our. Uh, you fell super hard. <laughs> part of our remodeling initiative of 2020 will be to make the Raptors accessible to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> wheelchair That's accessible. Really you gotta make them wheelchair accessible. <laughs> <laughs> If the plans go right, 70% of the studio will be rafters. <laughs> <laughs> the acoustics will be awful. <laughs> it's going to sound fantastic. Half the building, gone. <laughs> it's just... just. It's going to sound like a stairwell of a doctor's office. <laughs> just, it's going to be cool, guys. <laughs> These are th- you guys are three of my favorite people. Like, ever. This is so wow. great to be here. That, this is really awkward, because you're like maybe like my ninth favorite person. Well, I didn't have. I didn't really ask. I didn't care about your numbers. I just want to say my numbers. Yeah, I so. see you around two thirty. Oh man, James, cool. James. So I think that wraps up the interview. I think you are. Right? You are. You are. I've known you longer than almost anybody else I've, I, that I know. Like, it's been a long time. It's like I've known you since you were a baby. Yeah, like a literal infant child in my house. Like, what is this thing? Well, you were all. You were all head. You had this large melon of a head and this little tiny baby torso. And it wasn't until you were about, I think, maybe 12 that your body started to catch up. But, <laughs> That's being very generous. <laughs> but, but you were, you know, I, I just remember, I remember you as a kid and, and always, you know, just being a very happy and playful kid. And, uh, and then running into you when your sister did that. Joseph pro- production at Joseph. Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dream Coat. And you and and you came running up to me just Nikina, 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 hey Nikina, hey Nikina. <laughs> and I down, like, James, what are you doing here? And then and here comes Megan and here comes Daddy and like what the, like what are you guys doing here? And, you know, and you were was, the baker. I was yeah. I you was the, the baker. I was the um, among other ensemble parts in that in that yeah, you got silly, silly production. You got yeah, killed. I got sentenced to death. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> How was that? Well, there I was standing. Several with nights too. Yeah. Also, oh, because like, it's yeah. Smith's theater, so it was a run. Just knowing like, going in, knowing yeah, you're not like going to make good it. Six week run. So like yeah, like yeah, you died a lot. Like yeah, once on Friday, once on Saturday, twice on Sunday, I would die. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sounds like my life. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, and, and now I, I just find I, I miss those days sometimes. Well, just you know, dying every Johnny, weekend. Johnny Keenan, Johnny yeah. Five, uh, my godfather. Yeah, and and your, and your father and him played in bands and 
were like they grew up together. Yeah. And played in, and played in all these bands and worked together for a time at Gem Productions. Remember that? Jeez. Remember that? Yeah, I do. I remember. I remember playing with all the uh, the ink the, the 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 computer pens, like yeah. drawing on a computer. It was like the first generation of like yeah, yeah, you yeah. could use this to and it comes up on the screen. And I'm just drawing boobs. Yeah. <laughs> like, What's funny because my dad probably didn't yell at you. He thought it was funny. And no, I, he, he thought it was the best. Yeah. Like, when I did, he's like, Get, oh, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, but it's okay. Go to your go to your mother. I'm not his kid, so when I do it, it's like awesome. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. But it's like, how did you, you get in here? You do it, and then you, and then go home, and your, and then your mother's like, "Where did he learn this?" And it's like, of course, where does she? You know, she's not looking at Megan. <laughs> like, it's your dad. Yeah, it's totally Eddie. You know, he was the greatest bad influence on my life. So I actually, uh, <laughs> so I, I have a funny story about uh, dad. Uh, so classic Ed Hatem story. Many, many stories, but one of my favorites is, and I thought it was a dream until I was twenty. Three years old, and when I finally was like, "Can you tell me you're going to talk about the pool story?" No, I'm, this isn't the pool story, but I will. I'll tell the pool story. So <laughs> that's a good one too. I forgot about that. Uh, so, uh, so I was, I was probably second grade. I was in second grade, and my dad, my hero. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. you know, Ed hate him. You know, he's my dad and the best. And it was one in the morning. <laughs> And uh, I just, like, I'm sleeping because I have school. It was, like, a Tuesday. And I had school the next morning, and I just, like, feel somebody, like, shaking me. And I wake up, and it's my dad. And he's like, hey, you want to go on an adventure? And I was like, oh, my God, yeah. So I was like, this is great. <laughs> so uh, so I go with him, and we drive to this, this building. And he had gotten fired that day for being, I guess, drunk on the job. <laughs> and they just threw him out of the building. They were like, you can't work here anymore. <laughs> And so and so my dad gives me a flashlight and he goes, Here, hold this and make sure it just put it on the lock. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> so I'm holding this flashlight. And my dad picks the lock and breaks into this building. The alarm starts going off, but he knew the code because he worked there. So he sets the he turns the alarm off. And uh, and then he just goes, All right, run around, I'll be right back. <laughs> so I'm just I'm running around this building, like exploring, and my dad's just shuffling all of his shit and like, like clearing out his desk and shit. Yeah, okay. yeah. So he's like getting all of <laughs> getting all of his and things. like grabbing a fax machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was all, you know, he was probably, back like, with like two hand trucks. Just like, <laughs> it, 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 it was hilarious. It was it was about it was about twenty paper. minutes. Twenty minutes of me exploring this building. And then all of a sudden he's like, "All right, James, let's go. Like, let's go." <laughs> we're like, "Oh, okay." So, so like, so we get in the car and we drive back. It's like it's like two thirty in the morning by the time we get back, and no lights are on except for the kitchen light. And we didn't leave any light. Dad didn't leave any lights on. Oh. And so, so we pull up, and Dad goes, "Shit." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. So he's, he's like, he's like, all right, come on, let's go in. <laughs> he already knew it. He knew it was over. <laughs> and so, and so we, so like, and I'm like in second grade. Like I'm, a, I'm, I'm a child. And, uh, and so, and so, and so I walk in and my mom is just there. And my mom just looking at my dad, like oh, okay. about to rip. Yeah. Pat, Patricia Hatem's about to rip Ed's head off. Oh my God. And without even looking at me, she just goes, she's looking right at my dad. She just goes. James, go to bed now. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so yeah, Come off on. to bed. And then I woke up. We didn't talk about. We didn't, we didn't we didn't speak of the moment. The next morning, I woke up like two hours later to get ready for school, and boy, we never brought it up. <clears throat> and like, it just felt like a dream. You know what I mean? Like, wh- yeah, yeah. So what, this was just that? that, like ninety six. I'm guessing, yeah, right. 90, okay. Yeah, ninety. Because it's funny because 
Eddie got Eddie lost his job right around the same time. My dad got laid off from his job. He had been with this HVAC company in Whippany for 18 years, Jesus. some shit like that. And they let him go. And it was like a week before Christmas. Like, like a real, like, a real fuck you. Like, yeah. they, like what? You like Yeah, thanks for nothing. Oh, like, yeah. I was like, so I, I, I remember the day after. Um, oh no, it was I think it was the night of the night that he got laid off. He he put me and my sister in the in the in the truck with him. And we drove to we drove back to the to Fritz and you know, the HVAC company. Yeah. And he, you know, he's like, I'm dropping what like, what are we doing? Here? I'm dropping off my keys. He's like, okay, we go inside and he starts grabbing boxes and filling it up with shit. <laughs> it's like, you know, his desk. But then like he's like, you know, grabbing a phone. <laughs> These guys grab, yep. you know, grab a keyboard. Wow. That's a new one. They're, they're, they're here for the phone, by the way. <laughs> oh. They're listening. They're listening to the interview. They have our phone after all these years. I, I thought that was a velociraptor yeah. outside. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> Give us the phone. <laughs> we don't know that it's not. Well, here's well here's the crazy. But I, like it's I, you know it's it, I just remember like I, 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 I still remember it. You know, like like it was one of the first times like my dad was okay with me cursing. Oh my god! Because like you know. We're walking out of this place, and I just like I remember like you know, he locks you know, locks the door, throws the keys down the hallway, just like, <laughs> and slams the door. Just goes fuck these guys, <laughs> and I go yeah fuck them, fuck them in the ear, and he starts laughing. And it became this tradition for us every time we drove past Fritz, and they're gone now. I think it's a fucking CVS now or some shit. Yeah, it would but be. Uh, every time we drive past, um, we give, we would give the hidden finger. Yeah, with if mom was in the car, mm-hmm. hidden finger, and we, like like my dad and me, we'd both like put our finger like down here. But anytime we drove past and she was in the car, windows down, laying on the horn. Well, <laughs> 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 oh, the weirdest thing about the weirdest thing about that story with my dad is I was twenty, I was twenty three, and I was at Belmont, and I was coming home to visit for the holidays, and I just had this in my head, like I just couldn't get this story out of my head, and so I was like, mom, like this. Ha- I'm, this is in my. This is a memory I have, and I was like, "This ha- was it a? I, it's just such a vivid dream." It was like fifteen years. Ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was a. And she goes, "No, that happened." She's like, "That occurred. We just never spoke of it." <laughs> and I was like, "No way!" I was. I was so happy. And she goes, well, "Do you know why he brought you? Do you know why he woke you up and brought you there?" And I was like, "No." And he, because apparently when I went to bed, my mom's like, what the fuck were you thinking? You know, and my dad's like, well, I brought James along because if the cops came, I would say that I was with my son and we were locked out and I left my keys here and I didn't get to get my keys and my poor son is locked out and it's two in the morning. <laughs> so, he, so he brought me in case Genius. the cops came. And of course, I was like, I was like, that's genius. And my mom and my sister were like, no, no, don't, don't, <laughs> don't defend him. Don't me. defend him. You know, <laughs> I'm still alive. All right, relax. Yeah, but like, Con, like Connor's, the, it was the, just an alarm. It wasn't like they had fucking Dobermans. Yeah, no, like Connor's <laughs> with the pool story. You just you gotta tell an abbreviated version. Of that. Yeah, it's like one of my favorite stories it, it, ever. So like, my dad was notorious for starting to like, <laughs> starting to like open the pool at between the hours of midnight and one in the morning. Like that's when he started opening the pool like he just did a bunch of pills to wake him up and he was like all right let's do this you know so he like he had like four floodlights 
on each side and every single like, like two mountains in the trees right yeah, yeah yeah like it was like a fucking murder scene like you know, like everybody like all these lights you know if there was there should like if there was caution tape people would have been like well, oh my like, god you know, murder. if you emptied out the pool you could easily kill a guy in there and just cut the blinder and wrap him up well the, the thing about it is like you know when I was when I was yeah okay, okay. <laughs> but devil's advocate Connor I'm just saying like <laughs> family jersey stories but uh come on but, but like you know it was really strange because like he only started working like super late and like he nothing ever worked for him so like everything out of his mouth would be like what the fuck he's <laughs> like you know and I'd be like son of a bitch what fucking cunt and I'm like and, and the, the pool is always right outside of my window yeah. and so I'd wake up at 2 in the morning like son of a fucking bitch <laughs> and I'd like I'd go and I'd, I'd wake up my mom and my mom would like with no joke she'd be like is dad setting up the pool again <laughs> like, two in the I was like yeah I can't sleep yeah. she's like sleep with me tonight it's okay like just let your father like, have it he's doing and like when he, when he passed one of the neighbors was like I'm gonna miss him setting up the pool at 2 in the morning the most <laughs> yeah. all, like, nobody like, called the police. It was a show. And for like, yeah, for years, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so. Oh, there and I'm sure the first couple times. I'm sure the first. up the pool. Get out of I'm sure the first couple of years, it's like, God damn it, Ed. But after like year three, everyone's just popping popcorn. Well, and people <laughs> thought that he was, he was delusional because he used to mow the lawn at around 9.30 at night. Yeah. <laughs> it's got headlights. Yeah. But it, it had, had headlights. Yeah. And so you just see these two small headlights just going up and down the hill at 9.30 in the night. Like, is he okay? The answer was no. But like. But like, and like you know, and he well, he you know, he worked all kinds of crazy jobs too. He worked crazy hours. <laughs> yeah, he would like, come, and, he would, and he would come in late. And you're like, oh, I got still gotta get this shit done. Michael Tommy's kind of like that. Like like he'll like he get, he'll work till like eleven o'clock at night, get home from work, and then he's you know in his basement, you know, fixing a crack in the fucking foundation till five thirty in the morning. Wakes Jesus. up, goes running, <laughs> comes home, makes breakfast. You know, works out and then goes to work. Like, like he'll sleep for like two hours. It's yeah. it's, it's crazy. Well, my dad finally, and it took like about th- like four to six weeks for him to set up the pool. He was so proud. He of was him. he was so, and at, at the end of it, he was just so proud. You know, like it, like no, like he was on cloud nine. <clears throat> so he finished roughly around like probably four in the fucking morning. One one like on week six of setting up the pool, which is a very simple job. You needed, it's now October. You needed, you needed to take a tar- <laughs> need, yeah, yeah 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 yeah. We're closing the pool. We're putting, now. Right we're putting out jack yeah. lanterns. Uh, like, like all, I, all that really needed to be done. Just got the pH just right. All he needed, to, all that needed to be done was he needed to take off the tarp and vacuum the pool. But it took six weeks. To do that. <laughs> Everything went wrong. But uh, so like so when he finished, he finishes. He goes in, and in the morning we wake up like hours before dad, and um, and we will look outside, and there is the pool is like dented in like like half the pool is like dented in and like it's almost it's like half empty because water has now spilled out because the pool's been destroyed and and the, and the rug in the basement is wet and yeah 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 and so and so like it was like it was like an unspeakable like we couldn't believe what we were saying like and it wasn't my dad because my dad set up the pool like it was like it was all this so like and so we didn't say anything and it was like it was like a saturday so dad wakes up at around like 2 in the afternoon and uh, he's, he goes to check. He makes his coffee. Didn't look outside at all. Makes his coffee. Gets coffee. G- get, grabs coffee in his hand. Walks out on the on the on the deck to overlook the beauty that as is my pool. victorious pool. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll never forget how he just <laughs> he just stopped in his tracks and just looked at the pool for five minutes. He didn't move. <laughs> for five minutes he didn't move. He didn't say anything. He was just processing this destroyed pool. And what happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> and so what happened was, like, he goes, What the 
fuck is that? <laughs> and uh, and what happened was uh, we found out there was a bear that was roaming around at night, and my neighbors saw him. And the bear went to go drink out of the pool, and, and, just, and the fucking thing oh, just collapsed. <laughs> Oh god damn it! Let go, yeah. Yogi. Fucking bear, dude. <laughs> fucking bear. Just, Yogi, Just made a, destroyed, Yogi made a boo boo. Destroyed my father. Oh, that was bad. I love that story. It was so good. Well, uh, my my last really quick story is I called my mom one time and she, I called. I she picked up the phone and she's just laughing hysterically. I was like, "What's going on?" <clears throat> she's like, "We found a suitcase." Downstairs of all of your father's arrest records, a suitcase full of arrest Are you records, fucking serious? and still down there. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I was like, what? And I, and she goes, Yeah, Megan and I are reading these reports, and we're just laughing hysterically. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, what's the craziest thing <laughs> that you found? And she goes, Your dad got pulled over by a state trooper on eighty, and uh, he tried to stab the state trooper with are the pen, s- <laughs> and the state trooper. <laughs> <laughs> St. Juver grabbed his arm and dislocated his arm and threw him on the truck and arrested him immediately. <laughs> and then he sued the town because he claimed it was self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my That's God. And then I got, and then I when I got, him so, so my dad died when I was 14, then I got arrested when I was uh, 20. And uh, I had a, I had to go to court. And Where I was, was, what town was that? Denville. That was Denville. Yeah, of course. They knew me by name. <laughs> and uh, and so <laughs> you're Apple, 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 <laughs> Dude, I guarantee you, a bunch of people just had like flashbacks. Hate him. Yeah, but no, but it was grabbing the grabbing the bulletproof vest. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The riot helmet. This was a spitter. But it was so funny because because like. My dad, like he, like he was so notorious in the town in Denville, and uh, our lawyer, we we hired our lawyer so much. He started doing our cases for free because he felt so bad taking our money. <laughs> and my mom, and we, I needed to go to court. We didn't have a lawyer, and so my mom calls Bernie, my dad's Bernie, the attorney. We call him, and so we, we, she calls That's Bernie, Bernie and the, the first thing he says, my mom calls. He picks up the phone and he goes, "Ed's dead. Why are you calling me?" <laughs> My mom just goes, it's, it's, it's his son. And, 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 and Bernie just goes, son of a bitch, Pat. God damn it. And I didn't know how to tie a tie. I go to the courtroom, I don't know how to tie a tie. And he's like, tie your fucking tie or I'm not being your lawyer. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like trying to tie my tie. And he gave, me, he gave me the best lesson. He was like, never play, don't play the victim. Don't play the, it was like actually a really good lesson, but it was the whole story behind it. He didn't charge us. We were like, he's like, this is the only one I'm doing for free. <laughs> this is your one-off. Yeah. So it was, so, it was crazy. Uh, refresh me. I, what did you get arrested for again? Um, murder. No, um, <laughs> just casual. Gag. Just casual. <laughs> yeah, you know how they are. Uh, yeah, no, just, uh, I, it was actually, it was with, uh, it was with your cousin. Caitlin? Uh, yeah. Ah! Yeah, so, uh, ah! so we had. Caitlin. Yeah, well, we called out, young lady. Yeah, I wasn't going to say her name. It was but, many, many, many uh, years no, ago. I don't care. It was many years ago, but, um, but. It's not like she's going to listen to this. Who is going to listen to this? Because our our subscribers are numbered well into the teens. Okay. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> so they, they are ravenous. So they, I'm gonna. They are. Do you like want, do you, so can I tell There's the not a lot of them? Can I tell the real story then? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Go nuts. Her mother bought us the alcohol, and she's a teacher, and so because we couldn't buy alcohol, we weren't of age, and so we're cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Until this happened. So. <laughs> and so what? And so we we go to. Uh, 
this party, and Caitlin and I are fighting, as she can assure you that that was 90% of our relationship. And so and so we're fighting, and, and uh, she, uh, are you crying or laughing, Dylan? <laughs> just well, just that just hit us well as well. Like, I've had one of those. I'm thinking um, about things that this happened, is the things most This is the most intimate interview we've done in a long time. So we had all of the, we had a bunch of alcohol that she bought for us, but it was all closed. And I was I was 20 at the time. You can you can transport alcohol unopened at 19 in New Jersey. So, I mean, it was fine. I can tell you went to court about this because you know that law. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, you can. That's, that's a fun I, I fact. That at 19, if the alcohol is closed, you can transport it. So, like I said, I was all set and ready, and my Bernie, Bernie shut me down. But anyway, so uh, I was uh, – we, we, we take the alcohol out, and the party was so massive. There were cars on both sides, and this cop pulls up. We couldn't pull away, and the alcohol was out in the back. We were trying to get away, and uh, the cop goes out, and I was like, Kate, don't say a word. Don't say a fucking thing, and she's like, okay, okay, and the cop pulls up. <clears throat> he goes, um, are you guys uh, – do any of you guys live around here? And Kate right off the bat just goes, I don't, but he does, and points to me, and I was like, God Damn it. <laughs> and so he goes, can you get out of the car, sir? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I get out of the car and I try to go to the front of the car. Yeah, the, the, the alcohol is in the, We didn't last much long after this. And so, <laughs> and so but, the, but the alcohol is in the back of the car and it's out like in the open. So I'm like, I'm like, come to the front of the car and have a conversation with me and maybe you'll miss the alcohol. And all of a sudden a second cop shows up and I was like, oh, of course a second cop shows so up. So all of a sudden I, the, the, the light this hit. This is Denville, right? Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is, so this that, is, uh, so this is outside, like, this is outside of Shep Warner's. This is outside of Shep Warner's. House. The party was at Chef's house. Yeah, let's and throw so, every kid under the bus right now. Who no, else? No, no. And, so, and so what happened? <laughs> got fucked so, up that no, no. So, so what, this is what the cop said. Anybody a doctor now? Yeah. So the cop goes. The cop goes. Like, like he goes. Look, there's there's a bigger party here, and everybody knew it. And he's like, just tell me where the house is. I'll let you go. Because because he goes, whose alcohol is this? And I wanted to be like Kate's mom. She's a teacher. Teaches here. You know. I'm like, no, I can't do that. She's gonna lose her job. And I and I was like, the alcohol's mine here. I'm 20 years old. Here's my license. It's not open. Blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking everything's gonna be fine. He goes, tell you what, tell me where the party is. Dick Duda was the officer's name. I'll you had Duda? D U D A. No, dude, uh, I was like, I don't know, I don't, I don't it, know. It can't really be Duda. <laughs> no, it is Duda. When I got arrested, his name was Officer Duda. Richard, is it Rich? It was, I, I think it was Richard Duda, D-U-D-A. Then, then that was my arresting officer, too. You, you call him Duda? Like, oh, the Duda? Yeah, I called him Duda. No, that's how you pronounce it. No shit, because he was in Hanover Township when I got arrested. God, he's a fucking... Anyway, so... I guess he got transferred. I wonder what he fucking did. Yeah. So, so he goes, he goes, why don't you just tell me where the party is, we'll let you go. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. Because hey, look at that! Um, I, I need a refill. You're a stand-up boy. Oh, I got you. Give me that. Mm. I was like, I'm not going to do that. And so he goes, he goes. Then I'm going to bring you in. I was like, that's fine. <laughs> and so, and so, <laughs> so turn up the handcuffs. Right, let's go. <laughs> the handcuffs go on me, and he puts me in the back of the car. No seatbelts. I told him that. I was like, you know, this isn't very safe. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so they bring me to the oh, police station. So good. And, one in a million. <laughs> and so he brings me to the police station. I got to change the radio station. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, that's good. They're also yeah, plastic. Yeah, my, my big thing was, hey, around. officer, I'm planning on going to CCM. Is this going to ruin my entry? <laughs> If anything, it's going to get you yeah, in the dirt yeah, quick. Exactly, exactly. Did you laugh like that when you no, said that? No, no, I was, I was, I was trying to. Oh, and that was, yeah, that was the other thing. I was taking a piss before the cops showed up, so my pants were down, and my girlfriend was with me, you know, and I was like, and I was like, 
and I was like, and so and so I was just like, by the way, <laughs> this is your cousin. Yeah. And so and so I said to the officer, I was like, hey, officer, I just want to let you know, I was taking a leak in the woods. I wasn't getting a blowjob or anything. I know you want to put that in the report. <laughs> and so and she's so, a very nice girl. And so we get, yeah, yeah she's a sweet girl. Um, and uh, you can't show her this interview. Uh, oh, and, I'm, I'm totally sending her. As soon as this goes uh, up, I'm good, sending her a good, link. Good, good, good. Anyway, uh, it ends with Caitlin. I love you with all my heart. <laughs> yeah, you're getting thrown under the bus a little bit tonight, though. Caitlin, I love you with all my heart, and you're the best. She's a very nice girl. She is. She's sweet. Beautiful singing voice. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the that was the joke. She used me as a guitarist. And of she course. Wrote, she wrote this in the yearbook. She's like, I'm sorry, I used you for your guitar skills all through high school, and I was like, Don't worry, I got to look at you the entire time. That's such a weird thing to have in a. In a- in a yearbook. Such a creepy response, too. <laughs> Just like staring at her, you fucking weirdo. Have you seen your cousin? Well, it's my oh, we're cousin. not down south anymore. Sorry yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, you spent all of time in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young man, cousin look good down there. Cousin look good down there. She got a real bird. But anyway, so they bring me. So Jesus Christ. So so they bring. Is that Nikki cackle? That uh, no, I've never, I've uh, never heard a cackle like yours. Jesus Christ! So uh, he brings me to the police station. They handcuffed me to a wall for over an hour, and uh, it was terrible. And um, and uh, but yeah, that's how I got arrested. I got arrested, and he said I wasn't going to charge me as a criminal, and I could change my court date. And then I go home, and my mom immediately was like, "What happened last night?" And I was like, "I got arrested." And she was like, "Give me the police report." And she was so good at reading police well, reports. Well, because she's gotten used to it. By now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She looked at it for a second. She's she, like, "Who's the prosecutor?" <laughs> yeah, no. She she looked at it. She looked at it for a second, and she goes, "And I was like, they they didn't charge me as a criminal. All I have to do is pay the fine, and I'm good to go." We'll charge you as an adult. You mean? Uh, yeah, like as a criminal adult offense. And she just goes, she goes, they charge you as a criminal. We have to go to court. I was like, what? And she goes, there's a C right here next to the number. You, you're charged yeah, as a criminal. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, she knew it right away. She knew, like, exactly what to do. And, um, and Call I was Bernie like, I was like, attorney. I was like, I was like, I was like, mom, I'm so sorry. And she goes, honestly, after everything your father put me through, this is great. And I was like, wow. This is like, normal and, then I, and then I had like a little aside with my father. I was like, thank you so much for getting in trouble all the time. This makes me really <laughs> Nothing caught fire. No windows got broken. I mean, he grew, my, like my dad grew up in Greenpond, so what, yeah. like, so we were partying on a boat. Jamie Angles and I were partying on this boat, and this one drunk guy comes over. I forget his name, but everybody knew him. He was drunk on this boat. And he's like, Aah! and somebody says, uh, I "Hate him, throw me a beer." He goes, "Hate him." He goes. Are you Eddie's kid? <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah, that was my father. And he goes, Your dad was fucking crazy. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, Really? He, he goes, really He goes, was. One time he set the dock on fire. Yeah, I remember. I he heard just about set that. the dock on fire yeah. just to see what would happen. Like, yeah. set it on fire. I think my dad was there. <laughs> <laughs> he just set it on they fire. Had, they, well, it's funny because like <laughs> when they got together, they had some terrible ideas. Um, <laughs> Which is why, as as we got older, they didn't see each other as often. Yeah, like there were the wives were like, no, it was like no, because like how many times can we call Bernie? Yeah, <laughs> apparently a lot. Apparently, uh, and we got a plus one so, in the afterlife too. So like, <laughs> your father was this, and like, and I can attest to this. He was a goddamn lunatic with with the with a heart as big as a kick drum. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and just would 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 take would literally give you the shirt off his back. 
would he was all well, shirtless. Yeah, when yeah, he yeah. Just gave it Connor, to well, Connor, Connor knew my dad very well. Yeah, too. well, and yeah. and we've talked when we interviewed when we did the Connor interview. We talked about. Oh, the, I told him. The we first, talked about the first, th- the first time about. that you boys like you know how Connor became a bass player. Yeah, my dad and Eddie were down in the basement. Yeah, which is huge, by the way, because Connor. I mean, like the best bass player I know, hands down. Yeah, I mean, the best. Seriously, you're one of you're one of the greatest musicians I've ever had the chance to work with, and it's it's always a treat. And like I still bother Connor every year for a lesson. How I just love how instrumental. Eddie was well. Tell the story real fast if you yeah, don't mind. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was you know we, so we wanted to be cool. We were fucking losers. We're still working on it. And this was also <laughs> back in the day where yeah, we're not, we're not doing much better. Than <laughs> we're but, doing uh, better than we, we were. got a new shirt at least. Yeah. No, I miss the old this shirt. Is, this is in my shirt. This is my brother's shirt. Thanks, Thomas. <laughs> so <laughs> not helping we, the cause. We, we told the story on the show before, so give like a an abridged version. Yeah. yeah. All right. Long story short, I sucked at guitar. James was a little bit better. I'm down there, like, trying to play one note at a time, so I'm already kind of playing bass anyways. Ed comes down, definitely didn't have his shirt on. Yeah, And, uh, yeah, he's like, where the fuck is the bass player? Like, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, two guitars on a drummer. What's that? You know what I mean? He's like, he he goes up to me, he's like, who's better? You're my son. I'm like, well, James actually practices, so he's better. I was like, you're going to be the bass player. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, a day later, I'm, like, in Richie's Music Center. I go up to Ted, I'm like, hey, Ted. Ed says I need to play bass. Can you teach me how to play bass? He goes, yeah, sure, no problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was the beginning. I, I, that was the I, beginning I, of the I, end. I fucking love that story because it's classic Ed. It's just classic Ed. And to this you day, know? I say, you know, if something does happen with me in music, if I do have an opportunity. Things, uh, lots of things have happened to you in music. I'm bringing Connor. We should talk about I don't that. give we're a about, fuck. We're about a half hour best, I'm sorry, yeah, sorry about that. No, no, no. This, this is great, and I really love that we're talking about this. I know Johnny's going to listen to this. because He's one of the teens. He's just—he's one of the teens. He—he he likes the page. He still hasn't figured out how to do it because he's sixty-seven years old. <laughs> so he's like, "What is this? How do I? How do I get this to do on my phone? <laughs> I can't. What is it on an app? What do I? Uh, Lynn, show me." And then, like, my stepmother will try, and she's she does her best, but I don't think so. I don't think they've I don't think they've heard any of the shows. My yet, mom's older than your dad. Holy shit. Yeah, by a year. By a year. Right? She yeah. just turned sixty-eight on well, the nineteenth. He'll, he'll be he'll be sixty-eight in March. Okay, so, so just a little, yeah, a couple months apart. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think from a storyteller's aspect, that, that was actually a perfect intro because me and James would not be here right now if it wasn't for Ed. Yeah, true so story. Definitely no, like, like, who he is. No, he, Ed, Ed Hayden <laughs> was, you know, was one of the greatest drummers New Jersey ever produced. Yeah, and one of the most interesting characters I've ever had the pleasure of hanging out with. Yeah. And any like every any and every interaction with Ed is a story. It was weird. That's this, the bottom line. Your father, your father was this amazing person, and he was and he was instrumental in getting me into music, Connor into music, and you into yeah. music. And so, like, and, and that was kind of leading my next question. Um, at what point, like, because because there had to have been like a watershed moment in your head where you're like, this is this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do. This this is this is who I am. I am a musician. I'm an entertainer. I want to be a part of this machine. Yeah, actually, I'm also curious too. Like, was that something that he like kind of was like gearing you up for, even when you were younger, or is it just something you found and he was like, yes, he's yeah. into it? Like, what was that like that moment where you're like, all right, if I'm if I'm not doing this, like, I'm gonna just like you know go crazy. Like, yeah, it's either it's either this or the or the or the, or the padded room. Yeah, you know, because yeah. like because I, I I had that moment. I know, con- like like oh, I'm yeah, pretty sure everyone this. in this room had that moment where it's like, well, what the fuck do I really want to do with my life? And you know, you 
you know, like, so what was it? What was that moment for you? Um, <clears throat> that's a really good question. Um, well, I used to like, my dad got super angry with me and my mom was very patient, but my dad, when I was younger, especially cause I would just quit everything. I would start something and quit it. <clears throat> and my dad was, what? I was the same. Experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so my dad, you know, at first he was like, oh, that's fine. But then he was like, piss money away. What the fuck? What the fuck do you want to do? You know, and sitting me down at like 10 years old. Like, what the fuck do you want to do with your life? I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, uh, and so I remember I wanted to play the drums and do you remember, this is a throwback and you never met him, but. Dustin. Yeah, Do you remember Dustin? Dustin? Yeah, I remember. I remember very briefly, and yeah. <clears throat> he was very briefly in our life, but like, but so Dustin was a drummer, and I wanted to be a drummer. And my dad had, um, and still has, the 1970 premiere drum set that he played with Johnny yeah, all the time. That, that's still, that's still that in the basement, is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I, I wrapped it up. It's, it's, it's preserved. <sighs> because they, they fought, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I was just going to ask you what ever happened to that thing oh it's still there it's not it's not set up it's it's in the original casing but uh i mean they went out of business like five years ago i mean that's a very rare set and it's it's and it's beautiful because it doesn't have the gloss finish you know it's like it's just like a big band kind of like i don't know it's just such a beautiful piece of history the kick drum you should definitely pawn it yeah i already sold it during this interview finally got a buyer on my phone I was, um, I, I, we, we took it to Pawn Stars. <laughs> yeah. we, got, we got 20 bucks. Got, yeah, oh, that much? Wow. <laughs> they got great. That's a good news, 20 bucks. <laughs> they offered me 10. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so. Uh, I, I, I vividly, I, vi- oh, not vividly, I vaguely remember there was a there was a little bit of a, like a dispute between who was going to play drums. You yeah. Or Dustin. Yeah. <laughs> I and remember Dustin got on the kick and I was like, he. James, he sounds good when he does it. <laughs> yeah, no, that was it. I was like, Dustin was way, way better. And my dad, I, I don't know if you remember this. I'll never forget this. But my dad came downstairs. He saw that we were having this, this dispute. Yeah, Dustin was the other. He was the one playing. He was a drummer. Yeah. yeah, I think I did. I think I did interact with Dustin a couple of times. <laughs> he, was, actually. he was a huge troublemaker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was oh, like, he, God. he played drums at the time. Yeah, no, he 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 played drums. I don't remember liking him. No, I mean it was but it I was. Do, I think is, I, is, yeah, that's, anyway, that's a whole, anyway, that's a whole so, other bag of worms. So, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so it was between Dustin and I, and my dad was so good at just like being at the right place to hear what was going on, but he he only intervened if he was sober when he needed to, like mm-hmm. and like when it was when it needed to be. So. Dustin and I had the drum off, and Dustin totally won. Like Dustin was a better, he he had a bet, you know, his feel was better. He was a better kick. Well, you were just you were just trying to figure out what the hell the yeah, thing was. Exactly. He actually like knew how to play. Yeah, because we were kids. Was, I mean, like, and I was the youngest right. out of so all. He was of them. I was the youngest out of all. So he was a little ahead of you, right? Right. And so my dad saw this going on, and Dustin totally won. And then my dad shows up. He goes, "Hey, what's going on?" I was like, "Ah, oh, we're having this drum off, Dustin. You know, Dustin." One, so he, Dustin's going to be the drummer. It was like a stat simple because we were, remember, we were just trying to find a band name at first and we were like, oh, who's going to play what instrument? Like, we never were like, Connor's like destined to play the bass or I'm destined to play the guitar. It was, it was more like, who can like maybe keep a beat and like, we'll just go off that. And so my dad was like, yeah, it was oh. literally a bunch of kids with no yeah. plan whatsoever right, just trying right. to piece together some which idea. Is, which is some of the best. <laughs> beautiful moment. It was an yeah. absolutely beautiful moment. And, I'll, and it's, 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 a, it's a memory of mine that I will always treasure. And then my dad's like, oh, do you mind if I give it a try? And Dustin's like, oh, yeah, sure. So my dad got on the kit and fucking blew us all Honestly, out of the water. I hate, I hate to say this, but I think of that's course. the only time I ever heard your dad play. He, well, he, st- oh, well, wow. he, he stopped. Well, like, I mean, I you really know, yeah, this was towards the, I mean, this I mean, was, I was, I was, like, I was like, like 14. No, yeah, I was like 13 years old at this point. Yeah, like, I think I, I was 11. Yeah. I was 11 years I feel like I'm pretty lucky because, you know, being older than you guys and, like, you know, I got to. I got to see the like my, you know my dad and Eddie Jam like a bunch of times. Oh my god! And just 
so fucking tight. He, yeah. Like, they, they worked so well together. But, well, they auditioned but, for the same band and an ad in a paper. I mean, like, yeah. back in the day, they saw the ad in the paper. They're like, oh, they're <laughs> looking for this. Back when kids read newspapers, kids. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When we can read. Those yeah. are still things. Right? So it wasn't, it wasn't just like eggplant emojis everywhere. Yeah. So, so anyway, so, the, so, so, so what was that? So when was that moment for so you? So that was the moment where I was like, I'm not going to be a drummer. Because I always wanted to be yeah, a drummer. But, like, but what, what was the moment where you, you're like, this, I, like, music is what I need to be doing? Mm-hmm. Um, like what was that? Like what? Like, yeah. So okay, I'll. I'll so I. So I picked up. I ended up picking up the guitar because Dad came downstairs yep. and kind of just told us what we were going to do, and that made things a lot easier. And so I was going to be the guitarist. Connor was going to be the bassist. Richie was going to be the drummer. And um, uh, Richie Wise. Yeah, Richie, Richard the Wise. <laughs> Richie and so Wise. Uh, and so I started to learn a couple chords. And I, the first song I learned with Ted was Green Day, Good Riddance, mm-hmm. Time of Your Life. And so I took those four chords, which is the bread and butter of every uh, yeah. pop song. Yeah, yeah, you're still using them, right? And yeah, yeah, to this day. And so, uh, and so I took, I took, it and I wrote a song called "In the Darkness," which no one's ever heard of except for except for Connor, and that's how I sang it too. By the way, <laughs> never quite knew the word. Yeah. And I used to sing with a British accent because hey, I only listened to the Beatles. And my friends used to be. Yeah, though, I, I remember giving you shit about, like, why are you trying to sound like John Lennon? Right yeah, now? like, literally, right. I sang with a British well, accent because like, all know, I listened to was the Beatles. Really, yeah. Again, like, dude, I, it's, so, it, it's so long ago, but now that we're talking about it, it's crazy because, like, we had no plan. We had <laughs> no, no plan. Idea, dude. And, like, somehow, after, like, six months, we just had, like, 10 songs. I got so. And it was like, I can't believe we did this. Yeah. <laughs> like, we were, and we were recording, and we were recording to tape. Do you yes, remember that? Yes, that's and we true. and we, and so what yeah, happened that, was yeah, when he task cam. I still have it, it yeah. just was as it a memory. Track? It was it was uh, no the first one was literally a remember it was the black task cam cassette tape. Yeah, and so yeah, and yeah. so what we did was we used to we got these blank tapes from CVS. We walked down to the CVS by the train station and we're like this will do. <laughs> and I stole money from my mom to buy the fucking tapes. <laughs> and we went back. Sorry, mom. And yeah, I'll give you I'll give you three dollars. And so <laughs> then we went and we went back. Times were rough when I was eleven. So uh, and then we went we went back and and do you remember we had to do take after take and we would play the song that I that I wrote like in the darkness and um and we would play it and then we would stop and we would stop that we would have to walk over and you heard like <laughs> like like walk, running over to the tape like oh we gotta cut it off <laughs> and, so, and so we'd turn it off we'd play it back and we'd be like ah it's too close to the drums and we'd move it over like oh, three feet yeah, and then like and then we had the one microphone we had the record over it yeah yeah and we had, we, so we just had the room mic and so like we finally found after like a couple days we finally found the sweet spot where where to put the the, the tape recorder. I and probably had my sweet spot, but that would just mean the bass was too loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's fine. All your... Oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> it sounded like a fucking Hans Zimmer soundtrack. Yeah, that was that asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Turn so the bass. bass like the, he was like the Jack Bruce. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but what happened was like we finally found it, and so we started recording these songs. But I remember it was weird, and it's actually his birthday today, Anthony Russo. I saw it on Facebook. I forgot to text him. Happy oh, birthday! Shit. So we 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 have this mutual friend, Anthony Russo, and he had this party at his house, and there were like twenty kids, and oh, I had just man, wrote first show, yeah. yeah. So I just I had like this, and this is a throwback. Only I had written a song called "In the Darkness." I had written a song called "Lost." I remember "Lost." I liked "Lost." It was, uh, and I. And well, Lost was cool because it was the first... Was that the second song you ever wrote? The second song I ever wrote. It's funny because In the Darkness very basically just followed the chords, but Lost actually had like a melody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't just following... The, you know what I'm talking about? The people write like yeah. these songs and it's very much just like following the chords. Like Lost actually had some like... 
you know, he was singing a melody. <laughs> By the way, I was like 12, you know, like we, like, oh, I was we blown were, away. I was like, I, I mean, I was, what am I, two years older than you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I can't believe he's even doing this. This is ridiculous. And then the third song I wrote was, <laughs> yeah, I fucking wrote a song. <laughs> and the third song I wrote was Sipping Twilight from the Stars. Yeah, I like that one too. I remember that one. And so, and that was my dad. That I think was, I still have a Blue Soul CD. Oh my God. Burn that. Good, actually, make good coasters. Talk, they do make good coasters. Talk, I think Sipping Twilight from the Stars, out of all the older songs, I think it's still. I think it, I think that's actually a legitimate song. I think that was like probably the first legitimate. song. That and Views. I, I think, think Views well, was. was good too. Oh, yeah. Views! I remember that one. Mm. I remember that one. That was a good tune. I played that at my father's funeral. That was a gift. Yeah, I, I, that was a good tune. Yeah, yeah it it's was kind of crazy that like the like you have like you know I mean again we were all just fumbling around but like there are st- I would say like it's safe to say that you have three or four songs that are really from the old 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 school that actually I still think are solid songs. Which is like they're good that's songs. crazy. Well, it was, it was, so my dad, when I first, when I wrote, before I, I started writing, my dad sat down with me and he goes, listen, you got to write original songs. Before I even wrote a first song, he goes, you got it. You have to write original songs. That's what my dad said. I'll never forget that. And I was just like, what is that? And he goes, that means you make the words up and like told me. And I remember Rich was the one that was like, we should do some covers. And I was like, what are those? I didn't write, <laughs> genuinely didn't know. Dude, we no because idea. we, we, because I was writing all of these songs because my dad was like, get to write these songs. And the song that my mom, and my mom told me this actually after my father passed. And I was like, God, like, you know, I wish, I wish, I, I wonder what dad would think. And, you know, cause I, well, so for anyone, not that anyone would know, I was 14 when he died, mm. which this year was very tough for me because I turned 28. So it's been now, now it's, I don't have him more than I had him now. And so it was really weird. This year was really weird for me. Um, but I was 14 when he died and I was like, God, like, how am I going to do this without dad? Like he was such an. You know, he was such a big part of it. And, well, yeah. plus you only had like two years of it, too. Like, you yeah. barely got started. And, it, and, and so I remember, and I'll, I'll tell that story in a second, but I, I remember my mom saying, you know, your father was such a big fan. And, and, uh, and she goes, I remember when you played, and my mom was a bit, my mom was a critic from the beginning, you know, because I, I wrote, the third song I wrote was Civic 12 of the Stars off the same four chords. Mm-hmm. And my mom's like, <laughs> and I'm what, 12? 13 and my mom's like you know James you gotta start learning some new chords <laughs> and I'm like uh, okay so you didn't like the song or <laughs> <laughs> and so and well, so that just shows you she's actually listening yeah, yeah. yeah exactly it was, it was a beautiful moment but my, my mom said that my I played I played Sipping Twilight from the Stars and then I like I went to go play like N64 or some shit like that and uh, my dad it makes was, you feel better my parents are supportive almost to a fault where it's like I can't even they're not they're not I'm not gonna get anything out of it. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, that's great. It's like, but now my mom, my, my mom, so my mom's so supportive now, and I'm like, you're my mom, like you know, whatever. But uh, but uh, my dad looked at my mom, and she was, and, and he was like, sipping Twilight from the stars. Like, where did he come up with that? He's 13. Yeah. And so, it was, it, it, and that I'll never forget that that he was like a fan of that, and so. Um, and what's crazy is like, yeah, I was 14 when he died. So it was weird because I started really writing when I was 11 and 12. And then we wrote a lot of songs like during that time. During two years, mm-hmm. we had like well, – some you, of them were shit. You wrote everything. I was just doing bass parts that no. actually were, I guess, bass parts. <laughs> <clears throat> but like some of them some of them were like – some of them were shit. But some of them were like, oh, this isn't bad. And, uh, and so it was weird because at like 14, um, he passed. But when I was 13, he sat me down. And he was like, we're going, I'm buying a, I'm going to buy a four track recorder, which I didn't even know what that was. He's like, I'm buying a four track recorder. I'm going to the music store and I really want to, um, make an album with you. I want to take your songs and I want to play drums on them if that's okay. And we're going to make an album together. 
And then the like, Sayonara, Richie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was. Yeah, exactly. Rich lost his job that day. Really? But, uh, <laughs> we were paying him a total of nothing. But uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, and that, and it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I remember then, then the, then the fire happened, and uh, the twelve track was destroyed in the fire. I mean, mm-hmm. the four track was destroyed in the fire. And I remember asking, I was like, "Did we find it? Did we find it?" Because I was going to use that to record an album, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just destroyed. But uh, he was so supportive, and. It was the moment at Anthony circling back at Anthony Russo's our first gig. We had yeah. I had written three songs, and uh, and I was like, we're gonna play these three songs. And there were like twenty kids in that in the basement, and it was cool lighting, and it was just Connor and I because Rich couldn't make it at that. I think it was no, Rich was there. Rich was there. And I remember why Rich was there, and I'll tell you exactly why I know he was there is because I th- felt like a rock star, and I got up on the on his kick drum, and he replaced instead of hitting the ride, he started hitting my leg. <laughs> It's like really hurting. Um, Drum kits are expensive. That's right. Rich was. Oh, Oh, especially the tornado. Like I'm like a fourteen year old. No, dude. I like. I like. I like and you were skinny even, still. I haven't so. even kissed a girl, and it's like I feel like a rock star. Yeah, yeah. Get, of course I'm gonna get up on the drum. Well, you know, it was, it was fucking invincible. It was, it was, it was so interesting. Yeah, because he, that was, he hit me. He hit the tornado set. Remember, like it was like an off, off, off brand. Like I'm just like practically somebody tornado. like our neighbor made a set and gave it to him. So like, so uh, I mean, it was it was pretty interesting. And then we played these three songs, and at the end of In the Darkness, the they just erupted in like just cheers, and. I mean, we were 12 and 14 at the time, right? I mean, it was like we were so young. And I remember I went outside, and I was just like, I was just in euphoria. I was just, uh, it was incredible. And I and I opened up my my flip phone, and I called my dad because I because I only had a phone for emergencies and only with my parents' numbers. And I called dad, you know, one of the two numbers, and I called dad, and I was like, I was like, dad, I I just played a show, and 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 they really liked the songs, and he, I remember, I I remember his voice so vividly and it was just he was like fuck I wish I could have been there I wish I could have seen it I wish I could have I wish I could have been at this 13 year old kid's birthday party yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah no it was was just like it was like it was like fuck you know this is crazy and so that was the moment for me where I was like you know what I don't think I'm bad at this I don't think I'm bad at writing because everybody really cheered and it was that night where I was like wow and then we and then we just started you know writing more and more up until I mean we were a, we were together Connor and I and Rich were a band for how many years I mean like from the beginning Pretty until much like all high school so yeah we spent like mm-hmm yeah, I mean, shit, like, yeah, I saw, four years. I saw you guys play all through high school. Yeah. We were playing all the, I mean, what, the Booten Elk Club and at the... Uh, That's a cool thing. Yeah. Actually, when, when we take a break, I got to show you something. Oh. We got a poster out in the lobby. You're going to like what? it. What? You're going to like it. All okay. right. Oh, I, I want to see this. Yeah. 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 Speaking, um, and speaking of breaks here, so we're going to take a break here, um, but we're going to hear a song from you before we take this, uh, you know, in this break. Um, yeah. We'll see how far you've come yeah. since, since, you know, being 12 and writing songs. I'm just going to play in the darkness. Just gonna play in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> we'll shut what's, all the lights off. Yeah. What, what, <laughs> what, what, <laughs> give me in the mood. Yeah. What, what song do you think you'll play for us? Um, a song called Don't Call Me Crazy. Ugh, too late. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the one that starts off? Fuck you, Connor. Yeah, Connor was the inspiration. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get you plugged in. We're gonna go, we're gonna listen to this. Don't call me crazy. Right, 
upon a time I caught an angel that had fallen down from above She held to me tight I looked in her eyes and what I saw was more than enough When she knew it was time for her wings to fly into the clouds that cradle the sun I swore, swore on my life I'd call to her every day till the new one begun Just walk away and leave me alone Once, once in a while Cupid will fire out an arrow aimed for my heart to help help it move on from the one that made it able to beat from the start and all all I can do is step to the side and watch his happiness goes along in hopes she will return and join me in harmonizing to the words of this song so please please don't come
just walk away like she did and leave me alone. Ladies and gentlemen, James Hatem. Beautiful. Don't call me crazy. Yeah, James. That was Don't Call Me Crazy. Don't call me crazy. All right, I won't call you crazy. I'll just call you a nincompoop. Thanks, Yeah, Mickey. filthy little nincompoop. Ooh, I'm, I'm glad that's so, where that one went. So you, you, you went to CCM for a bit, but where did you finish school? Uh, Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. Smashville. Smashville, Neat. yeah. Bachelor at Capital of the World. Yeah, man. Really? And from and from there, yeah, like you, you stayed in Nashville after your after your college career. You kind of just you know started planting roots and, and trying to like build oh, things there, right? There's two two and a half years of the worst times in my life. It was so hard. Wait, after school or during? After school. school. Okay. So I graduated at 24. Wait, I hate to cut you off because you're about to go into a whole thing, but like I am really curious. Like what? Because for me, New Paltz was like, there were things I really liked about it. And there were things that I just like, couldn't stand about it. Like, what was your, like, experience in music education in college? Like, as a whole. <clears throat> right. You know, like, don't sum up in one word, but, like, uh, right, I know some right. of the positives and negatives. Um, positives was, um, I, I the, my teachers at Belmont University, Dr. Mann <clears throat> and Dr. Ames, were... Um, Did you go for guitar or... My primary was guitar. Okay. Yeah. So I still am the only graduate ever from Belmont University with a music education guitar emphasis. Holy shit. Yeah. Hmm. In all I'm of its time. My, I'm the only one really? on my mom's side of the family that graduated All of its fucking time. That's interesting for like... Wait, what in, did you say? I'm the only like, one on my mom's side of the family that graduated college. I'm the only male hmm. that ever graduated college. Boom. That's so interesting to be in a town like Nashville and you're the only one with like a, a guitar... <clears throat> You know, yeah, that's they they don't they still and I'll be honest with you they still don't take guitar in music education very seriously, and it was very shocking. So dumb. And what's even more shocking is Nashville, uh, Davidson County, is not very. Uh, they do not give a lot of money to the music program, and so there's a big issue right now. And well, we've yeah, actually they got football. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tighten up, tighten up. Um, <clears throat> no, I love the Titans, love the Predators, but like, I mean, it was it, it was one of those things where. So I so one of my other uh, one of my jobs is I'm a supervisor and a coach for an after school music program in Davidson County, which is Nashville, um, and Metro uh, uh, Williamson County and Rutherford County, and so we actually started a nonprofit last year. Fine Arts Matters is the name of the company. We started a nonprofit to give kids in Metro a chance to learn music because they've cut it all from the schools. Hmm. Mm. Um, so we have... It's always the first thing on the block, man. Yeah. Wait, also, just to double back real quick. So yeah. in, in summation, you really enjoyed your teachers. Yeah, but, so I'm sorry, like, yeah. The program wasn't, like, up to snuff, is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah sorry. I'm, well, not I'm, geared I'm, towards guitar. Didn't mean to evade the question. So, um, no, we're talking about way too much bullshit right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can sidetrack a little it's, bit. It's music. It's all bullshit. By the way, Dylan's here still, Yeah, guys. yeah Dylan, I'm so Hi, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I am still here. Just crying in the corner. Are you going to talk to me? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're just talking about CCM because we kind of glossed over that, but, like, I remember, like, 
going to New Paltz and feeling kind of spoiled by CCM. Oh, yeah. Because, like, we had, not only was the program great, but the teachers were fantastic. Oh, my God. And they, I really, I'm not going to lie to you, I went into New Paltz, and aside from the fact that I did have to, like, learn how to play jazz, like, as far as, like, understanding the language of music, my reading chops, my, my ears, yep. I felt, like, way overprepared. Yeah. In a lot of senses. The, the hard part was just adapting to a style of music that I never really wrapped my head around. Well, I always said CCM and B, if it was between CCM and Belmont, CCM was my favorite school because I agree with you. of the, the there's there's a, there's a multitude of reasons. That being said, the educators in the music education department at Belmont University, phenomenal. Dr. Mann and Dr. Ames, I, I, I will always praise because they are so amazing at teaching how to, they're from FSU. So their behavioral learning, mm-hmm. which was amazing and the amazing approach to behavioral learning. You know, you guys run an amazing school in New Jersey. I mean, oh, about shucks, <laughs> so like, like you know, you guys, you guys are running on this. You understand how important understanding behavioral learning is. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's 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 and so to have that knowledge from them was incredible. Um, <clears throat> I struggled because like, and and everybody can you know agree to this is um, you know I was the black sheep of the music ed program because I was out all night gigging and then networking and hanging out and just in the music scene. Yeah, I was doing the same shit. Yeah. I, I like I was very negligent in my bass lessons because I was too busy learning other songs for right. actual gigs I was getting paid for. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's and a good it, problem to have though. Exactly. Yeah, and, honestly and my teacher was really it, cool about really it. Good. Like John Menegon is like one of the most talented upright bass players I've ever heard in my entire life. He was very lax and he was very understudied. It was just a very awkward hour. Right. It's it's funny because in a music education atmosphere, wouldn't that be the attitude that would be encouraged? Like you're trying to work, but no, you're treated like the black sheep yeah. because you're not regimenting to this thing. But like, that's, that's, I just find it so interesting as, as a person who never really took any music classes other than like high school choir. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, wouldn't it be encouraged to be going out and trying to work at this thing and like trying to turn up, like trying to learn the ins and outs of the racket and like get into this business and you know and 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 it's paid off in dividends for you because you know you've you've you know you've you've continued to work and continued to parlay your experiences into more and more work and getting your foot in the door with like some really fucking cool people. You yeah, know, I it's mean, it's just so funny that they would you know they would discourage that attitude in a student. Well, I'm glad. Yes, exactly. And because I was a student of that mm-hmm. and saw that happen, I couldn't be farther from exactly what you're talking about in the sense that, like, you know, I had this kid, Kirill, that came here years ago, and he's one of the best students I've had. I literally wrote him a recommend. Uh, I wrote him a letter of recommendation like last month because he's just he asked me, and I was like, this is like my favorite student I ever had ever, and he stopped coming here. And he took everything we taught him and he started a band. And like we're playing shows together now. Like he's like a peer. And he's a really great That's person. Fucking great. He's writing music all the time. I mean, shit, dude. Like he, every time I go to see him play, like the place is packed. I watch him do these videos. He took everything we learned and he's like applying it. And it's like, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess I could take like $40 from him a week, but like he's got it, man. He's all set up. He doesn't need any more information. He's just going to go off right. and do his own thing. And that's exactly what I prepared him for. Like, hey, man, like, you're in the songwriting class, you're in the guitar things. This is what I can show you. Take it, work on it, and hone your craft. And it's exactly what he's done. And I, I'm so fucking proud of the kid. It's insane. Yeah. So, Kirill, uh, Rocky Coasts, you guys are awesome. 
It's incredible. <clears throat> you know, so it's, it makes me proud, and it's like you know when you see people <clears throat> in college. And we talked about this in my, in, mm-hmm. you know, in my podcast where it's like. I get it. You know, you have hundreds of people you're dealing with. I can't even imagine trying to really get to know your students that well where you can give them, like, catered advice. You know, you kind of got to do the blanket thing where you're like, all right, like, you should just be able to do all of this, you know. But, you know, there's a part of me that really felt like I missed out because, you know, I didn't really have teachers that were very empathetic to my specific situation to cater to my interests and stuff like right, that. Right, right. You know? Right. And it's unfortunate, you know. So I try, as a teacher, I try to really nurture that. And I'm lucky because they're private lessons, so I figure if I have that advantage over them, I should really do that and really just try to nurture right. what they want to do as opposed to just what you're supposed to do as a musician. Which, like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, you're supposed to play music that you want to... Yeah, you're supposed to, like, make music that you want to make and yeah, like, go the, put it out there. <laughs> right, and you would never be the educator that it's, you are if you didn't go through your educational process. Exactly, personal You know, that's, that's the thing. It's easy to get, it's easy to get stuck well, into it. Well, we all a, go through it, too, which is where the paradox is. It's like, you know exactly what it's like. Like, how... I don't know. I don't want to get yeah, too no, into no, it. No, it's easy to get kind of stuck into a, 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 a cycle <clears> of, you know, got to, you know... Keep doing what they tell them to do. But if you keep if you keep circling the drain, you're going to go down it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, you got if you work against the current, you could hop out of that toilet and actually make something of yourself. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the you know for like two and a half years after school, struggling to kind of find your kind of find your your footing in Nashville. <clears throat> yeah, get, it was get, uh, you know make, making connections. Yeah, and real fast though, the reason why I love CCM is because the professors and the doctors at CCM are almost learning with you. There are approaches that, you know, that's the thing about universities, like high universities and mm-hmm. everything like that. It's almost like they have that ego, like, this is where, these are the people I studied with and you need to listen to me because then you can be like them. And it's, but at CCM, it was Bilotti. Uh, I mean, Bilotti. Can we talk about Bilotti for a minute? I mean, I remember like my I'm, senior, We're going to get back, we're going to get back to this, but I, yeah, my, Joe Bilotti. My, my last year at CCM, like when I was like, okay, I'm going to another place. You know, he, he, he like sat us all down like during like, I think we were like in like form and analysis class or something yeah. like that. And he was like, you know, guys, like, I just want to let you know, like when we're in like, you know, choir and I got to, you know, do the piano things, like I'm sitting there sweating, like I don't want to mess up in front of you guys. I mean, think about it. I'm twice your guys' age. If I start clamming on the piano, I'm like an idiot. Like when you guys are taking me seriously. So it's like, you know, it's not my forte. Like, you know, he's a guitar player. In a mm, yeah, that's where he started. But, you know, he put in the work, you know, he knows, you know, I mean, Mammon, you know how she is, like, she expects the best because you can do it yeah. if you really put in the work. Gridone. And Yeah, well, Gridone's crazy, but anyway, so, like, but Bilotti, though, it's like, it's, it, that, I loved when he sat us down and talked about that because, like, it made me realize, it was kind of like when we first started playing with you, like, it doesn't matter, you know, Nick's 10 years older than us. Yeah. But, like, you know, he just brought us in, it was like, yeah, we're musicians. Yeah. Let's play music together. Great Gridone's the same way, like, he's, he's not, he's not talking to us like he's an adult. He's not talking. Kids. Not talking at you. Right. We're talking we're with musicians. You. He's he's telling you. He, he's relating to you mm-hmm. and giving you some advice from just knowing, from just go, experiencing it. Well, there, well, there's and a couple. That, there's that was, a couple. That was huge for me. I really, I really appreciated that. Two things from Bellotti that I'll I'll never forget was. Um, one, we were in class and we were talking about we were we were we were analyzing this piece of music, and this one student said something that wasn't textbook correct like wasn't immediately like oh that's a possibility and so some of the class even laughed they're like well, that's that's a crazy thought Bilotti straight face goes let's explore this you know and it was one of those things where everybody logically would be like no 
And Bilotti's like, wait a minute, maybe you see something that I don't. Yeah, and this exactly. is a man that's been doing it for twice as long. Well, he loves it, and if somebody's going to approach him from another perspective, he's going to like his ears are going to perk. Yeah. Like, wow, actually, this could be really cool. This Absolutely. Could be an thing. And the other thing was, I was, I was like, I got to be a great guitarist. How do I be? A great guitarist, and, and it, it was it was summer. We were about to wrap up for the summer, and I remember I was I think it was the- Theory Three with Bilotti, and um, I was like, "What I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to lock myself in a room for nine hours a day, and I'm just going to run scales and practice and do all this stuff, and this is what I need to do and stuff like that." And he took a second, and like he he listened to what I was saying instead of you know just reprimanding me or encouraging me. You know, he just took a second to process, and he goes, "You know." If you lock yourself in a room for nine hours, you're going to sound like a guitarist that locked himself in a room yeah. for nine hours. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my eyes just, everything just made sense. And Bilotti, with a smirk, goes, you got to make sure to roll around in the leaves a little bit. <laughs> and then just walked away. And I was He's like, I'm never going to forget this moment. He's not He's wrong. He's not wrong. And 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 I stayed in. T- and actually, what I'm going to do because you know I, you know it's Thursday today. Tomorrow, I'm actually going to stop by CCM and see who I can find. What's well, um, up? You going over there? Because that actually I would love. That would be really cool. Um, I mean, I'm open. Them. I'm open all day. I mean, so I want to get to CCM, <laughs> and it's one of those things. Oh, maybe CCM's finding us. Uh, but it's one of those things where it was like, I, I really want to go back. I really want to say how much because this was. I mean, this was. Belmont University, this you know, it's this pristine university. Brad Paisley went here, Florida Georgia Line went here. Who gives a shit? CCM is where I really learned all of that stuff and where I learned to be a musician, to be to to be with music and to think about music in a way where it wasn't just practice, practice, practice. It was live it, own it, make it your yeah. own. Yeah. You know, it was it was brilliant. It was absolutely amazing. Um, so anyway, that was that rant with C, and it was an important rant to say because everybody thinks like you know CCM. Gee, I mean, it had such a bad rap when we. I don't know if it still is, oh, but yeah. But, well, well, no, nowadays you know, people know it's like it's it's only gotten better. It's it was weird. a bad rap when we were graduating. Really? It was like well, the thirteenth grade. I remember. Well, oh, you're going to the thirteenth grade, and I'm well, like, you know, they called it Harvard on the Hill. Yeah, um, I almost bought know. that sweatshirt. I totally disagree with it, and I'll tell you something. I really think Mammon like changed the game. Yeah, I think when she, I think when she was put in charge, I think she made it. The institution. Oh, their uh, their nursing program is is pretty fucking top notch too. My well, sister went to the that, nursing program. As, yeah. as, 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 as a musician who's very much failed because it was I so mean, strange. You know, it's 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 just interesting because it gets you know County College of Morris gets you know kind of again people like knock it all the time because it's you know community college, but it's also ranked as one of the best community colleges in the fucking yeah, country. Well deserved. We're, we're well deserved. Be, we're lucky to be around the corner from there. And I'll tell you yeah. something. As an ambitious eighteen year old, that kind of felt like a failure. For having to go to grade thirteen, <laughs> I really like that got that got that idea that notion got shot out of me the second I had like my yeah. first like, yeah. day of class. Yeah, usually there. usually the guys that were making fun of it were the guys that like you know didn't go and were like <laughs> bitter and like and were like bitter about it. You know, like I didn't like I didn't go to county college. I don't give a shit. Like, but I hear I heard good things. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's always kind of been this thought in the back of my head. Like, if I was going to go back to school, I would just go to CCM and take, like, a business class or something. Well, with with CCM, it was never like, oh, I remember studying that. It was, I remember... I remember that moment. CCM was that about learning moments. moments. Learning moments. That was yeah. what CCM excelled at, and that's what Belmont University, as prestigious is, 
didn't excel at. It was it was kind of like, look at me. I've studied with this, and you can be like this, and you need to. And with CCM, it was like, we're in this together. We're going to learn about this thing called music that you can never really define. We're going to talk about this thing called music. And that was so instrumental and mm-hmm. still is instrumental to me as I approach music. I mean, I have two degrees. I have an associate's from CCM and I have a bachelor's from Belmont University, you know, classical guitar performance and music education. And to this day, the moments I think about are the CCM moments and those moments yeah. with Bellotti and Credone and Bevia. And like, oh, you know. Dude, well, Bevia gave me the best piece of advice ever. And it's like one of those things where it's like, it's so good. It's like obvious, but you're so ingrained in it. You don't think this clearly where we were like working on this. I actually wrote he, he encouraged us to like compose this piano piece and I wrote like this like bass part like the melody was really but I wrote this bass part it was like really ambitious and I like had like the first a couple of bars but I couldn't get the fifth bar and I kept going like oh shit I was so excited because I mean he's amazing yeah and like oh, he's God. one of those guys like he's he's like this incredible classical pianist he knows all the all the and jazz too oh, he can play God. jazz too man he just has it all and I was so excited, you know, and I was like trying to show him and I got to that fifth bar and I kept messing it up and he stops me. He goes, why do you keep starting back at the beginning? And I was like, because it's the beginning. He's like, yeah, but you keep messing up at the fifth bar. And why don't you practice the fifth bar and then do the fifth, fourth bar into the fifth bar? And I was like, baby, you smart son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it was just and it's funny because like I should have thought of that. And I, I feel like I feel like many musicians who went to school probably should have thought of that yeah. too. But just like that, just just right there, just right, just honest, like in English, you're overthinking <laughs> it. Like, why are you mm-hmm. doing this to yourself? Right, right. Why are you doing? That's another thing that I adopt all the time. That's probably like all of, and I mean, not probably like all of my students. That's always a big aha moment for them. Yeah. Where it's like, why do you keep starting back at the beginning? They're like, because it's the beginning, right? But you know that part, right? Why yeah. do you keep starting there? Start at the part that's giving yeah, you a hard time. Yeah, pick up at the fourth. Where helps you're with your, it helps with your teaching. Yep. And, you know, New Paltz had that, too. I think the thing that bummed me out about New Paltz was it was, you know, it was a SUNY school, so it wasn't, like, super well-funded. Yeah. So I think that it was it was good people who were good musicians, but they didn't really have the resources right. they could have had. And I think because of that, there was a lot of, like, pressure on them to just be great teachers. And I think a lot of them got kind of, like... I don't know, swept under the... I don't know what happened. It, no. just was, you know, it, wasn't, so, it wasn't my favorite thing. Okay, so CCM. Yeah, sorry. And yeah. Belmont. Yep. So after school, after after you finish college and you're, and you're, you're, you're planting your roots in Nashville, um, like it was, was, it was tough. What was... Um, like, like you, had, you had some day jobs. Like I mean, Oh, my God. You, know, you, had, you had a handful so, of day uh, jobs. And, um, but, like, um, what were the, like, the connections you had built that, like, were helping you get out of those day jobs? Well, I was caught for two and a half years. I mean, I was homeless for a month and a half. Um, I remember that was really tough. Yeah, you could have called. Yeah, I mean, for some, I, I, for some I, I, reason, I wouldn't have been like I wouldn't have like given you money, but like right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was one of those things. Yeah, <laughs> I say, like a, like a like a subway. I would have called card. when my phone bill was off because I was homeless. Uh, but you know, it, it was playing so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but it was one of those things where it was so. Um, that was that was a big fear of mine. I was like. Because, you know, it was a big thing. I moved away. And that was, that was you know, because you went to Sydney. Oh, it's always, it's always scary, yeah, when you go away from, like, you know, your your community. Yeah. I mean, dude, like, I, I mean, all of us here, like, we spent, I mean, I spent my entire life in high school and CCM being in the NJDIY scene. You know, most shows were in a basement. Yeah, It was right. always cool people. There was a huge sense of community. Everybody was doing something awesome and you wanted a piece of it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it was really exciting and it was very encouraging. And like when you go to another place, you're like, oh my God, like 
I need to like adapt to this. Like I am not in my element. Yeah. And it's terrifying because everyone's just doing their thing. They're right at home. And you gotta kinda go like, Oh, I really hope what I really hope they like what I do because it's all I can do. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. kinda like it's why so- New Jersey is so cool. That's the, that's part of the reason why I came back. Yeah, after, likewise. After even going to Philly, which is like a fucking great place to play music. Yeah, I don't think it ever left, though, Dylan. But you don't like Philly, Nick. I know <laughs> I you just, don't. I, I know don't, you don't. It's I just a cool don't. town. It smells it's weird. It's cool. Parking sucks. It, it, it does it's hard. hard. Well, 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 but, but yeah, but I was like, I, was like, yeah, I don't really though. like this anymore. I'm going to come home. And then wh- when, when I did come back home, I was like, oh, this is where it's at. Yeah, this like, is what yeah. our show's about. You know, absolutely, my, my my time out in Arizona was you know I, I lived there. That was about, like, the last place I lived before I came back to Jersey and again. But um, my time out there was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But I missed the sense of community. Yeah, I missed the fact that bars paid. Right. Yeah, a lot of these places in Arizona, like like and I like I played all over the state and like you know along the Colorado River. Like we had you know we had you know my band had these gigs and we were making like sixty bucks a piece. Yeah. Four piece band making sixty bucks a piece. We're driving three and a half hours to make sixty bucks a piece. Yeah, like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's what well, this, is, this is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. we're yeah. talking like, about New Jersey, even though James isn't still there. But he's, he's a still, Jersey, he's still well, a Jersey say, boy. He's I, a Jersey boy. And I will he, say this: and you learn, you learn some cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, what I, I mean, I, and I'll I'll say this always is is I'm a I'm from Jersey, and I there's not a day that goes by that like. Man, I wish I could step on stage with, you know, you and Connor and Nick. And, I mean, when I was home, I mean, when I was yeah. home for the holidays, yeah, I didn't miss cool. one open mic. I was like, you know, I was I was there for the open mics. I was like, you know, I always end up calling back to Jersey. Like, Jersey's where my family is. And, um, I mean, Nashville is such a love-hate relation. I mean, like, when I tell you that it was the hardest two well, and a half years. it seems like. I mean, it's like you yeah. gotta be at the top. Of your oh, yeah. So, you're yeah. a little fish in a fucking ocean. So, like, I mean, two and a half years, uh, to sum it up in a way, um, you know, to t- quickly sum it up, because I know we've been talking so long, but, uh, I mean, manic depression for, you know, 25 and 26 years, when I'm on my 25 and 26 year manically depressed like I can't even show you my journal because you would call the police like it was scary well you were all by yourself I was all by myself I didn't kind of relate to you in New Paltz but I went there with like mm. three of my buddies so it wasn't like the end of the world no I remember so like so six that's really scary yeah you know six years ago I I showed I, I go to Nashville and I'll never forget when my mom and my sister drove down with me and they moved me into this strange place and I mean I so you know not to get too emotional, but my dad died when I was 14 mm-hmm. years old, and one of the one of the most things I remember from his funeral at the church was they closed. It was an open cla- casket. They closed the casket, and my mom looked at me and said, "You're the man of the house now. You got to take care of me and Megan." And that led to me being 22 years old. Right? I mean, I worked as a dishwasher at what was the Cornerstone Cafe, which changed the name a billion times, and I worked at the Rattlesnake Ranch Cafe before it closed down. I mean, I, I worked a job and then I took care of the house and I took care of my mother and I, and it was working. It was 22 years old. And my mom's like, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'll just take care of you and I'll figure it. And she goes, no, I'm fine. And I love my mother to the, to, to the day from this, you know, oh, she's um, a tough little bird, man. Pat, yeah. Patricia oh, Hayden. Pat, I mean, and she looked at me and she goes, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I got to take care of She goes, I'm going to be fine. What are you going to do? And I said, I, she goes, James, you, you love music. 
And I said, yeah, and that's, that's what led to Belmont and yeah. Nashville. And, um, but I remember the day that they said, okay, we're leaving now. And it was, it was a moment of like, I'm on my own. Like for the first time in my life at 22 years old, I can't go back to mom. I can't go back. To, to, to anybody that I knew. And think about that. 22 years is a long time. Mm-hmm. Those, that's and to fr- be so far, because it's not like a, it's not a 15-minute drive to go oh to my mom's house. No, you are, not even like an hour. You are in the middle of the country. You're in the middle of the country. 14 hours away in the middle of the country, and I was left alone. And I remember uh, just being so scared. I didn't, and, and the first thing I worked on was my songwriting. And the second thing I worked on was putting a band together after I thought my songwriting was okay. And then I had a band, James Hatem and the Transfers, and we did we did well. We sold out some venues in Nashville. We had a good run. Then that ended. And you know, James, I hate to cut you off real quick, but I have a re- I have a question that I think would help some listeners here. Like, because I feel like some people, like maybe, like you were by yourself. Like, what? Like, I'm sure there's people out there that are like, okay, I want to do this, but like, how did you get those people? Because what you just said, you got a band together. How the hell did that happen? At Facebook. Facebook. So like so I, I know that sounds so crazy, <laughs> but that was the only thing I. At had. least it wasn't Craigslist. Yeah, no, it wasn't Craigslist. So guys, um, guys showing up in bondage masks, like you need a drummer. But don't av- <laughs> don't avoid Craigslist because the cello player for the Lumineers uh, in Colorado took a Craigslist ad, and it was the Lumineers. That's <laughs> fucking oh, hilarious. Yeah, so they, That's I, I, hilarious. I had I had a long conversation with her. She's a beautiful woman. She's got her own project now. She's writing a musical. She's phenomenal. But that's how she got in the Lumineers. Look, look, Craigslist. They, they were looking for a coffee table um, and, and a bass player. It, it, yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was crazy. So uh, so yeah. You know, and that's the other thing. On a serious note, take every opportunity you can. Mm. Take every opportunity you can because it could. Saying yes is so fucking fun. But saying no is just as important. That's the other thing too. You're not wrong. So, so that was, and that I learned later on. So, like, there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's a whole lesson learned in in both things we just said. Yes, I think think the most important thing being alone is beating around the bush with this. I think think the most important thing is developing the instinct to know when to say yes and no. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and you, and you learn that. And that's the thing is like I'm a person that learns through experience. So, I could say like don't you got to say yes and you got to say no and and of course say no. You're going to do what you want to do until you fall on your face and you realize holy shit. Okay. N- like I have to reassess. Being alone was hard because all I had was a, you know, and that was the thing is like, you know, Blue Soul, when we were in Blue Soul, Blue Soul did really well. And we were playing shows all the time and we were doing this and I was like, okay, so we were playing all the time. I was playing original songs with my band. People were responding to them. So I guess I know music. And then I go to the biggest fucking music capital of the world and I hit the reset button at 22 years old. And I'm alone and I don't know anything and I don't know anyone and I don't know where to turn. And I have to show up to these classes at Belmont University, and that's all I knew. And I had trouble sleeping at night because I was so alone. Oh, you know, oh, I mean, it was it was it was terrifying. So it was it took about a year for me to have the courage to say, okay, I, I'm I'm really working with these songs. I'm sending out this thing on Facebook, sent out the thing on Facebook, and I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay. Um, and oh, another guy that writes songs and plays guitar. Right, exactly. In Nashville. <laughs> in Nashville. Yeah. yeah. And so I got nothing. And um, and so I was like, Jesus, I don't know what's going on, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was towards the end of the year. And I was honestly thinking. Now, at this point, how long were you there for? I was there for a year. 
and a so whole year. a whole year. Oh, and I was like, I haven't heard anything. And I wrote, I worked hard on these songs. And I was like, I think I'm going to go back to New Jersey. That was the first time I ever thought maybe I should run back home. And as soon as I, as soon as I had that thought, I had a message from a guy who was interested in playing bass. And I was like, whoa. It was, it was like finding gold. I was like, oh, my God, a bass player. And then two hours later, no joke, I got a message from a guy that wanted to play drums. Wow. And I befriended a keyboardist who was an RA in the area that I was living in. And so we started what was, the, it was, what was James Hatem and the Transfers, and we started this band, and we totally failed. But through those failures, <laughs> but through those failures, it was like when the keyboardist dropped out, a new keyboardist was like, hey, I saw you guys live. I'd love to play. And so we were building it up and slowly building it up, and then the bass player dated the keyboardist. Everything fell to shit, and then I was alone, <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Like, what? Private parts are gross. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like what are we going to do? But... Um, if I had any, if I had, if I had any advice for anyone going back, I didn't forget your question. Going back to, if you needed to move across the fucking country, and you felt like this was the place and this was the time, and you didn't know anybody and you didn't know anything and you weren't familiar with the place and you were just in the dark, you really have to trust your gut, and you need to. Not only do you need to trust, you need to work super hard to be able to build something that you have a, as a dream. Yeah. And that sounds super cheesy, but that's the only thing that I had. Well, no one gets anywhere by not giving a shit. Yeah, I mean, and and I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's it's unless tw- they got a fucking rich, rich you know benefactor or whatever. You know, I moved down there in 2013, and I finally am at a place where I'm at a I'm finally at a very good place, and it's t- it's 2020. So yeah. if so you so the first year was I'm terrified. The second year is I'm gonna try. The third year was we have success. The fourth year was failure, pure failure. And the, f- and, and the fourth year and the fifth year combined was what I can only describe as the most scary, depressing time of my life. And that led to, I mean, I'm not going to get too crazy in it, but my sister almost called the police to come check on me. I mean, it was, it was that bad. You know, when someone from New Jersey is so terrified that they're about to call, mm. um, I worked seven jobs at one point and Jeez. none of them. Yeah, no, I mean like this is real, you know, I just, worked just to keep the lights on. Yeah. I mean, just to keep the lights on, I was, and I'll tell you the seven jobs. It was number one. Um, I was teaching side lessons. So I would just drive to people's houses and say, Hey, you know, like let's do a lesson. So that was number one. Number two was I was teaching after school programs and I had 20 guitars in my fucking Toyota. So I couldn't, <laughs> so there was no, there was no, there was no like, Hey, I'll drive there. Hop in the car. It was like, <laughs> like what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> over a pawn shop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so, so, num- so, so, so number two was the, was the Toyota situation with, with, with 20 guitars in the car and like I'd unload the, the guitars and strap them on and, and with a pulley system pull them into the school and it was, it was madness um, and, um, and so that was job number two job number three is, was I was moving shrubberies um, I was moving trees and plants at a place um, down in Belmede area um, and number four was um, <laughs> number 
number number four was Shipping? I. No, yeah, I never got to that, and I should have. Because <laughs> no, I was in hairy. really good shape. So number two, <laughs> Harry. No, you'd be surprised. There's, there's a market for that. There's there's yeah, a, yeah, but like I don't think Middle Eastern I'll, women I'll, love that. I don't that. think they do the clientele <laughs> he's looking for. No, yeah, Lebanese women love that. So uh, <laughs> so uh, number number four was um, landscaping, and what's what's funny about landscaping was um, I wanted to go to a landscaping business and just punching my hours yeah. but the first question was are you a musician so in Nashville the first question in landscaping is are you a musician and I said yeah and they're like we're not hiring Oh, wait, wait, we why did they do that? They never try because musicians would be flaky. Yeah, well, of course they were. You're out late and you gotta get up early. Yeah, and so and so it was and so they're like, "Are you a musician?" Yep. Yeah, no, sorry, we're not hiring. <laughs> so then I started my own landscaping company, <laughs> and so then I it was just you me. Started a landscaping I, company? I started and a. You landscaping. hired musicians. And you're like, no, Fuck. it was just me. I couldn't afford anybody else. So I so Where I had, did you get the equipment? Uh, the houses had them, and so they're like, "We have a rake. Would you rake our yard and like would you pull weeds in our driveway?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And they're like, are, you know, and I'll never forget, I was so terrified. There was a house that was three stories high, and they wanted me to clean their gutters. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I was like, I was like, you know, and instead of $15 an hour, I'm charging 20 because I can almost die. And I was like, I was like, well, you're worried. Exactly, exactly. I was like, I was like, I was like, and then there was like, and immediately these were five bucks extra. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how desperate I was. I mean, like, honestly, that's how desperate I was. And these rich people were like, done. And I was like, huh, idiots. And I'm, and I'm on the fucking roof. I'm, on, I'm, like, I'm like, I could fucking die. What a bunch yeah. of sappies. <laughs> and, uh, Saps. Uh, and so what, what job was that? Was that was that number four? That was number four. That was number four. That was five. Wait, no. Uh, four was shrubberies. Yeah, landscaping, landscaping. Oh, yeah. Number five was I, <laughs> I got a job making sandwiches uh, in a day <laughs> at a winery at the farmer's market in Nashville. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> and I and I, on my resume, I was joking around. I was like, I'm going to put the head culinary chef. I didn't have to <laughs> I was like, this will really impress some people. So I was so, this, is, this is so sad. I can't believe I'm actually announcing this. But I, was, I was making sandwiches to, to pay rent. Um, and then um, the, the sixth job was I was a host. At a restaurant, and uh, and they hired me because I would look, I would be able to work two hours a day because I worked like six other jobs, and so they're like, they're like, okay, fine, sure, and so I was a host at a at a restaurant in Nashville, um, and then uh, the the seventh job that uh, that was that I worked that was um, pretty interesting uh, was <laughs> I. Uh, oh, what was the seventh job? Wait, was this literally all was happening at the same time? It was all happening this at the same time. It was literally all happening at the same time. It was all happening Jesus at the same time. Christ. When did you nuts. wash your hands? I never did. And that was, that was the thing. As they, were, they were wondering. They were wondering. They are like, when did you, when did you, when when are you able to sleep? And I was like, no. And then during these seven jobs, I was like, wait. I was I was buying so I was buying coffee every Sunday for a guy named Adam Akapura who I'm still very great friends with and you know he's a great dude. He was teaching marketing tips and then he said, "Listen, uh, there's a there's a studio there's an abandoned studio at a winery out in Columbia Tennessee. If you're able to market it properly, you could possibly get this you could possibly get the studio running, make a lot of money. And this you know somebody who's working seven jobs at once. I was like, wait a minute, I can make a lot of money. This is incredible. <laughs> I'm between you know, twenty dollars. I'm almost falling off a roof. Like this might be really good. <laughs> and so and so I start I, so I started and it still is running today. I've handed off the business, but right. I started Natchez Hill Studio. No shit. And so publish and I and I remember emailing publishing company. 
companies during my weekends when I wasn't gigging and I wasn't doing my other seven jobs. I mean, like, I was so tired. And, 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 and I mean, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, Jesus I mean, Christ. And, and so, and these, these are stories that I don't tell people because nobody ever asks. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I was so tired. But I started this, I started this company and it's still running today. And I just gave it to Natchez Hills organization. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, so that's still running today. And then I started another business, which, which is, which was a guitar business. Um, it was, uh, uh, vis- uh, audio visual and kinesthetic learning on a guitar. And it was made out of cardboard and it was, it was designed to help Metro kids that couldn't afford guitars, but they learned shapes and they learned notes and they learned feels so that eventually when they started a guitar and I brought it and, and it came in through and I started and then another side business I did was I was, uh, I was on the junior marketing team for music makes us, which was an education facility in Nashville. And the woman through music makes us recommended me to Nash. Uh, they, she talked about me to uh, her husband, Stephen, who worked at the Nashville entrepreneurship center. He brought me in and said, I love your business. We built up this business and it was all ready to go. We were ready to get into the Metro schools. And they're like, great. All we need is $10,000. And I was oh. like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like I'm on a roof about to fall out. and making sandwiches <laughs> in the market. And so, and so I was like, you know what? This was a really great experience. It's been really fun, but I can't pay. I'm $30,000 in debt in school alone. And so, um, and so what happened was, um, I, I didn't be, well, I wasn't able to pull off that business. So I'm going to wrap this up because I know I've been ratting, I've been rattling for a while. So that's, that's minute, your podcast. Two, two Literally and, everything you're saying is just, it, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, so that was two and a half years was all of that in a nutshell. Jesus. And so, yeah, that was in two and a half years and I was, and it was, it was so crazy. Um, and, um, okay, so when did you, when did you land the rolling gig and all of that fog yeah, and mess? Yeah. So, uh, I feel is like, waking up a little more? No, you're out. I think we can all agree <laughs> that that was a huge, given, given yeah. what you just said so the last five minutes, I know we I both, we also, that's a huge turning point. I know, I know Connor and I both got phone Announcement, calls. I'm still homeless. And if there's anyone. <laughs> <laughs> he's starting to go fund me <laughs> to get some. He, go just, fund me for home. Just, just to get a yeah. tire on his, uh, on his wait, Toyota. what are you saying? You got two phone calls. Oh, from me. I, Connor and I both got phone calls from you yeah. uh, when you were on the fence about this rolling gig. Yeah. And I remember getting really mad at you. Yeah, I remember that. Like, really, really <laughs> mad. Because you're like, I don't think I should do this because it's. I feel like I'm sacrificing my art. And I'm like, the fuck you are! Yeah. You're 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 you're, cu- you're cutting off your nose to spite your face if you do something like that. If you turn down this gig, so how like how did that gig get offered to you? It's a very uh, Look, you know, and and I'll, I'll go into detail. That's yeah, fair. obviously, <laughs> I mean, you know, if you look at me, I still look borderline homeless. So, like, it, 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 <laughs> now, uh, now you uh, shaved. Thank like you. Today, thank you. thank you for noticing. I'm gonna go pay. Yeah. So, I mean, it was yeah, obviously very interesting. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's riveted. Yeah. Jesus, uh, Connor forgot. His I'm just ri- gonna go stand out there. Connor I don't even need to pee. I'm just gonna just, go stand he out just there for a little bit. Into that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, he's gonna go play. Uh, he's gonna yeah. go play wall ball. Oh my god! So uh, so, but what happened was, and it was. I don't know if I. I mean, Connor asked the question. Is okay if I just continue? Yeah, this? keep going. Okay, he, he, yeah. he can listen back. Um, so. Um, it was two and it was two and a half years in, and when I was student teaching, because in music ed- education, if you say you need to do student teaching for a semester, and that's why I was at Belmont for two and a half years, because I didn't realize I needed to spend four months, uh, you know, working with working with. St- in schools, so it was you know if if you're studying music education, you're cert, you're going to go through your cert through K through twelve because it was a special it's a special mm-hmm. like category. Um, so I had the I had the luxury of choosing 
elementary school, middle school, or high school. I got the job teaching the after-school music program with the 20 guitars in my car while I was before I graduated. So I was like, okay, I'm working with elementary school kids. I already know what elementary school... I'm like, I'm already getting paid to teach elementary school kids. So how about I do middle school and high school? Excuse me. Hey, boy. <laughs> um, and so I was like, how about I do middle school and that high school? That was quick. What did you just go piss in the corner? Yeah. He actually didn't pee. He just stared at me through the door for a little bit. <laughs> I, was, I was looking uh, right. yeah, I was yeah, peeing the whole yeah, time. And so I was like, I'm not going to do elementary, elementary school. So I'll do middle school and high school. And so um, I, my mother... And I, I, my mother, Patricia, Patricia Hatem is the most beautiful woman alive. I, 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 she's incredible. She, for the past 16 years, has taught at the same place, which is Bonnie Bray, which is a correctional facility for young men um, right before they are actually able to go to prison. And she helps better their lives. And she does it. And she's a fucking gem to this world. Um, and that's, I mean, she's a whole nother chapter. To but Pat. Yeah, to hey, Pat. you know what? To Pat. To Patricia Hatem. To Darren Tootin. Cheers. And to a slightly lesser extent, here's to your sister. <laughs> Who? No. Uh, <laughs> Is her name Megan? Uh, yeah. Megan or Megan? I, it was, or? No, it's I, I think I it's Claire. It, I thought it was, <laughs> it was like a curveball. Holy shit. I thought it was Matthew <laughs> this whole time. No, Megan Hayden's <laughs> also sweet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's yeah. Megan. Yeah, Megan's also sweet. We love sweet. you, Meg. Yeah, no, we love you, Meg. We love you, Meg. Um, Meg. But, uh, Mega. And so, Mega Hayden. Yeah, yeah. She's a force. She's a force. <laughs> what is she, a sword? Um, she, was the, she, yeah. was, she was the original Meg, the Megalodon, the, the giant force. <laughs> Shut um, up, Meg. <laughs> so, uh, and so uh, I was I was destined to um, just teach in um, troubled schools. I wanted to teach in the ghetto for middle school and high school. And I was all ready to go. It's quite noble. Yeah, no, that was, I, I mean, my goal before I graduated, because I was the Black Sheep of the Music Ed program, I wanted to teach in the ghetto. I wanted to help these kids. I wanted to be able to do all this stuff. And, um, how do I reach? How do I reach these kids? Great movie. Great movie. Um, and so, but, uh, but what happened was my, my Dr. Mann, my advisor, she was like, you need both sides of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. You need, you can't just go to one side. You should experience both. So I said, okay. So I taught at Antioch high school in Tennessee, which is a very, very ghetto Metro, terrible place. And I don't, I don't feel bad saying that. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I remember, I remember, I was leaving after one day, and there were seven gunshots right by my car, and I just got in my car and drove off. I mean, it was just a terrible you shooting. Just, and and, and luckily, you're driving a Toyota. Uh, that's what they call that's the, that's the area in Davidson County, which, Metropolitan. which is oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's but luckily you're driving a Toyota, so they're not shooting at your car. Right, exactly. Like, was, yeah. <laughs> that thing's already um, fucked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they saw the twenty guitars. They're like, Jesus, his life is bad already. There's nothing we can. <laughs> there's, there's no metal voice. Of bullets in this car uh, that'll ruin this guy's exactly, life. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So that was the ghetto, and I remember I got in a huge argument with the teacher because she was only obsessed with her Kimberly's her name. I forget her last name. Um, but uh, she was so obsessed with her paycheck and not about the kids. And the kids were in such bad shape because she didn't care. And there was a test that she did, and she gave them all the answers. They didn't even need to study. And there was this, I'll never forget, she gave back the test, and this one kid was crying. And I went over, and I was like, what's wrong? And she goes, I, you know, I, I spent a page and a half writing my opinion on this on this book that we had to read, and not the two sentences that she gave us. And she gave me a zero for stating my opinion. 
And and she was crying, and I was like, that's the most fucked up thing. That is fucked up. It's fucked up. This kid tries to give their opinion, and they give him a and zero. They, and they gave, him a z- they gave her a zero. They gave her a zero. What they the gave fuck? her a zero. She's and actually I, thinking about and it. And I remember I gave her a pep talk. I said, this test is not going to mean anything. You are going to build your own life, and it's going to mean something. And she looked at me with tears in her eyes, and she goes, can you please take her place? Don't, please don't leave. Because I was going to my other placement, and I was like, I have to leave, and I broke my heart. And so I, but at the end of it, it was so bad that I was that I actually, I was in my final observation. Doctor Mann, my advisor at Belmont, goes to the classroom. I was at such bad uh, relation. I was at a, such a bad relationship with my advisor teacher Kimberly at the school that she was trying to get me to fail, oh and she was God. ready to get me to fail. She was ready, and um, and I, and of course, like there was a guy named, uh, there was a kid named Sebastian. I'll never forget him. And he was being a fuck, and we were very close. But he was being a fuck that class, <laughs> and he was, and he wanted to talk to the girls, and it was a choir class. And I was like, Sebastian, go back. He's like, No, I'm going to stay here. And I was like, Do we need to step outside? And do I need to kick your ass? Or are you going to go back to the to your spot? <laughs> and 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 Doctor Man, I I heard the pen. <laughs> I heard the pen. Yeah, yeah. And I just saw her write something. And I was like, I'm going to fail this fucking class. And so and so, but at the end they you passed know what, me. Teaching the class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end, at the I'm end, fail this class. At, at, at the end, she passed me, and she she passed me. And and she was like, I'm, I, she goes, you did the right thing. Believe it or not, you need to challenge those kids. And this is a whole other educational learning. But I, Dylan's nodding his head. He knows. Right, you're just not yeah. allowed to oh, yeah. So you need to stand, you need to stand <laughs> your ground. But that was the whole thing. That was a whole big lesson learned. But uh, anyway, so I was ready to quit school. And she's like, just go to the middle school. And I promise I'm getting back to your question of how right, you landed the wrong gig. Just um, she said, "Go I to listen to this for hours. <laughs> go, go to the middle school and 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 just try it. It's going to be a different experience. They're not in metro. You're not going to have this terrible experience." And I was like. <sighs> Fuck! I was like, I was like, I was like, I want to just quit. And I remember, I, I, went, I remember, I remember, just let I, went, me go. I went home. I, yeah, yeah. Please let me fail in life. Just let me go. And so, and so, and so, I, I remember, I remember going home, and it was before I, I took a break. I went home to Jersey. I was dating a girl at the time, and I wanted to see her, and I wanted to see my mother, and just cry for three hours, be like, what is happening? And uh, and my mom, and, and and my mother, and my mother in in classic Patricia Hatem style, which she didn't give me but she knew how to play me because after 24 years of knowing me um i was like mom i'm gonna quit school and she goes you have two months left james and i was like i know i'm gonna quit i fuck school i can't do this anymore and and i was like and i'm gonna buy this new guitar that i've always wanted and it's at the guitar center no one's buying it and i want to buy it and i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna make it a music mom blah 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 you know doing this she goes okay two seconds she disappears she comes out of the room and she has oh, this ring that I'm wearing right now. And she goes, your father and I brought you on. You were four years old. We brought you and Megan on vacation. You were four. Megan was uh, seven. And we brought you on vacation. And we saw this ring. And we bought this ring. Your father and I spent little the little money we had to buy this ring. And we said, we're going to give this ring to James when he graduates college. That's my ring. <laughs> <laughs> I have the exact same ring. It's mine now, kid. I have the exact same ring. I got it at Bradley's for like fifteen bucks. <laughs> that's, 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 that's painful. <laughs> and so and so and 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 what's crazy about this ring is I didn't even need to get it fitted. It fit perfectly when I put it on. And I put it on, and my mom's well, your like, hands grown and my mom said, were in fourth and my mom grade, said, so. yeah, yeah, I have very small hands like Donald Trump. <laughs> and uh, and so and so uh, and so I put the, I put this ring on, and uh, and and my mom's like, if you want to. St- Quit school and buy this guitar. You could sell this ring. You'll have more than enough money for the guitar and to start your career. 
And I looked at my mom and I was like, and I looked at her, I was like, fuck. <laughs> and I gave her the ring back Thanks, and I mom. was like, two more months. <laughs> I went back and I started at this elementary school and I was teaching choir class because I was a vocal emphasis primary guitar major mm-hmm. at Belmont for education. And I was teaching this girls' choir class. So I taught the girls' choir class in the morning and then I taught uh, eighth grade choir and then I taught like sixth and seventh grade choir. And that was it. Um, and then I started a guitar program there, which was the uh, cardboard guitar program that I eventually went to the Entrepreneurship Center about. Mm-hmm. So that's how I knew it was a success because it worked with those kids. Um, and so I was like, I was like, okay. And so it was amazing. Uh, Margie Cheney um, is it was that was the teacher there, and I just saw her yesterday. I still visit her. I still say if there's anything I can do for these kids, if you ever need me to come in and talk to these kids, absolutely. I love her. She's so. F- freaking amazing and um and so i passed i passed school and and my last day and all the girls all the eighth grade girls were like oh he plays guitar you know like, <laughs> like oh wow he plays guitar Uh-oh. and uh, and, and oh, i was just no. like i was like i was like jailbait <laughs> see you later and so i start Bye. to i start to leave just this take this a step back you don't want to yeah. be to yourself and this anybody. one and, yeah. <laughs> and this one eighth grade girl yeah, like you guys see those bibs <laughs> oh jesus christ <laughs> Why don't we, uh, so I go to why don't we, why don't we let the paint dry on those. Uh, you know. <laughs> so so I go so it's my last day and uh, and I'm wrapping up and this one eighth grade girl comes up to me and she goes, Mr. Hayden, would you teach me guitar this summer? And I was like, sure. You know, because I realized I was about to graduate, but I was thirty thousand dollars in debt without a job, except for twenty <laughs> guitars in my car teaching after school. And I was like, "Yeah, please, and tell your friends." You know, I was like, please, you know, "I love to teach," and so I, I, I'm charging twenty five dollars an hour because I'm not on the roof. And I, and so I was like, "I was like, I'll swindle you." Uh, and so <laughs> I'm gonna get the real story. Yeah, and so I was like, I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, like I'll teach you, I'll teach you for twenty bucks for a half hour, forty bucks for the hour. Like I just need money. Holy shit, and um and. So she said okay, and so I said I said okay, um, and I played guitar at a church camp in Arizona for three weeks in Prescott, Arizona. Prescott's nice. Prescott's beautiful. It's actually fun fact about Prescott that no one knows. It's the cleanest air in the country. Is it? Yeah. Is that what they're bragging about now? They're bragging about that oh, because gee. that's right before they die because they retire and then die yeah, there. So anyway, so I, so I come back from Prescott and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Oh, we need keep going. Okay. Talk. Um, so I was like, okay. It's supposed to be a secret signal. Oh. Yeah. Huh. He's not <laughs> I cracked the code. He's not very good at it. You know, secret signal. Shut it off. Yeah. <laughs> Where did that cigar? Where did you get the Roman candles? He's blowing smoke cigars. like smoke signals. Um, and so and so I go back from Prescott, Arizona, playing a Christian camp. And I, and, and I go to teach this girl. She goes, you need to get into the gated community. And this is, this is what you're going to tell the people that you're going to see the Raymonds. I said, okay. So so I went and there was a, and I said I'm going to see the Ramos and they let me in the gate and I go and I go to their house and it's this mansion and I walk up to the house and uh, the door opens and there's this big dude just staring at me and he goes are you teaching Ava and I was like <laughs> I was like uh, yes sir uh, and he goes he goes this is where you're going to be teaching Ava and he points to the room and I was like okay and I walk into the room and I look up and there's a fireplace in the room and I look up at the fireplace and there's a picture of him with his arm around George Martin. <laughs> 
and two Grammys on both sides. Wow. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and uh, and Jackpot. S- yeah, yeah, holy shit. And so I started teaching Ava guitar, private lessons, and I found out that he was the senior vice president at Big Machine. And I found out that he loved the Beatles. And so one day I walked in and I was a little early and I was like, can we talk about the Beatles? And then needless to say, Ava's lesson started really late that day because we were just <laughs> geeking about the Beatles. And uh, and we, we hit it off very well. He heard me play guitar. I was teaching Ava for a little bit. Um, and we stayed in touch. Ava stopped taking lessons. She wanted, and she does great, amazing film work, and she's she's doing amazing stuff. But she stopped taking guitar lessons. But Ju- his name is Julian Raymond, the man that changed my life. And he goes, and he, we stayed in touch. And every time I saw a Beatles magazine, and I started teaching the, their neighbors guitar, by the way, and I still do teach their neighbors guitar <laughs> years later. Awesome. And they're amazing. The Silver Nagel is amazing. I love them. Um, and so I would drop off Beatles magazines and talk to Julian still. And um, it was about um, two years into that, rela- you know, it was during the struggling. It was about three years into that relationship. And I was, I was on the Colorado River whitewater rafting with my mother. And, um, and they were like, put your cell phones in this case because it'll be destroyed. I was like, that makes sense. Here, take my fucking cell phone. <laughs> so I, I go whitewater, <laughs> go whitewater rafting. Sorry, I've done it before, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So I go whitewater rafting down the Colorado River. I'm in touch with Julian Raymond. And, um, and I still have the voicemail saved, by the way. Um, and, and I, and I get off the, I get off the river. I look at my phone. I'm a failing fucking musician in Nashville with seven dead end jobs. And I look at my phone and it says, miss call Julian Raymond. He never called me. And I was like, what the fuck? And it said voicemail, Julian Raymond. So I listened to the voicemail, and the voicemail says, uh, James, it's Julian. Call me back. I got something for you. And that was all it said. And I'm shaking at this point. And I was like, holy shit. And so I called him Why back. Why the fuck did I go whitewater rafting? I call, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, what the mom. fuck am I doing? <laughs> fuck, fuck, mom. What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. Christ, so, mom. I didn't. And, and, had to go today, huh? And so, we had and, to do this today. And by, yeah. And by the way, I still take a week out of my year to this day with my mother. We go we go on a vacation together because I never see her. But it was that one week out of the year that, of course, I'm out of town that Julian calls. And so I called him back and I was like, Julian, hey, it's James. Like, what, what's up? And he goes, listen, I know you're, I know you're great at guitar. This is going to be super easy for you. I want you to play at a big machine showcase for an upcoming artist. We'll pay you for it, you know, uh, and you'll be in front of Scott Bruschetta and all these people. And and by this time, you know, and and I was like, oh, my God. And he goes, I need you Thursday. And it's a Tuesday. And I wasn't coming back in Nashville till Monday. And I was missing it. And I said, I said, Julian, I'm with my mother in Utah. And I'm missing. I won't be back Thursday. And he goes, and I hated myself because I work. And imagine me. Imagine being in this situation. Well, especially after all you've been through. Working yeah, for three like, years. You've been there for like three years working and, and toiling. And the one moment of solace, you get out of the state What's to go hang out with your mother. And then the fucking I, I, phone rings. Dude, side like, note, I hated Patricia Hayden. But this moment, I was like, why this week? The you know, woman I was like, God, you the, 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 the woman who fucking <laughs> fought so hard to give me birth. And so, and so. And, and I and I and I was like I was like Julian, I'm not making it back by Thursday. And he goes, "It's fine. You have a meeting with me soon because I just finished my EP. It was 2017. And I just finished my EP. Um, and uh, he goes, "You have a meeting with me soon, right?" And I said, "Yeah, I've set it up with Zoe, his assistant at the time." So I set up with Zoe. I'm coming in. He goes, "Good. I'll talk to you then. I have something else for you." And he hung and he hangs up the phone. And I and I go back to my mom and I was like, a really confusing thing happened, but I think Isn't I need that to try. Isn't funny how rich people don't say goodbye on the phone? No, they don't. They just they're, they're oh, like, I'm done yeah. with you. Click. And so I was like, <laughs> and so and so I go to my mom and I was like, 
I need a drink because a really sad <laughs> thing happened, but an exciting thing happened. I don't know what's going on. So I was like, I was like, okay. So um, I, in two weeks later, I go and I had my new EP in my pocket, in my back pocket. I had my guitar to play it live if he wanted to hear me live. I was ready to get a record deal. I was ready to do all this stuff. How high up were the were the strings? Incredibly, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, incredibly. I was like, oh, I'm going to school for the first time, and so and so I was I was I was so ready to impress him. And, th- and this is and this just goes to show. And this this is something that a lot of people, uh, most people don't realize is when you sit down with an executive like of this caliber, senior vice president. Uh, nothing goes according to plan, and you can't predict anything, and you always have to be ready. Well, and this we'll shrug stuff off immediately. Oh well, and so what happened was I had my guitar, I had my CD, I was ready to show him my songs. I walk into the room, and the first thing he says is, "Sit down, I need to talk to you." <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like I'm in the fucking principal's office, right? And I, and I was like, "Holy shit, I didn't okay. do it!" And so and so, and so, and so I, I so I put the. Gu- I'm so sorry, we're running so late You're on fine. time. I apologize. You're fine. Don't worry. But about this it. is the story. This is like this is this, is, this is good stuff. Um, and. And so and so I said, holy shit! So I put the guitar. We're on our own network. We don't have like yeah. a time slot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Get off the air. Who's just guidelines? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so and so it was. I mean, it was crazy. It was. I put the guitar down. I didn't tell him a CD was in my pocket. And I sit down. <laughs> and he goes, "I'm going to be straight with you." And I was like, "I, I, I, I I'm like, okay, holy shit!" <laughs> Dude, and he, he goes, he goes, he goes. <laughs> He goes, what are you doing for a job right now? And I didn't want to tell. I was like, what seven things do you want to hear about? <laughs> Which what one? Do you, yeah, what do you have time for? Which one? And he goes, you, you, you want goes, a sandwich? Yeah, yeah. And, and he goes, got his clean. <laughs> you got a shrub you need moved? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm the head culinary <laughs> chef at the farmer's market. <laughs> Here's my resume. Uh, laminated. And so... Uh, <laughs> Double spaced. By the way, just... just I'm, in, I'm in my later 26th year of life, and I'm like then like I don't have anything to say for myself. I'm like, oh my God, like what? And he goes, he goes, um, I don't know what you're doing for work right now. And I was like, please don't ask. <laughs> He's like, he goes, but I have a job opportunity. I have a couple opportunities for you. He goes, I've known you for many years. I know you're a hard worker and I know most importantly you're a good guy. And I said, okay. And I'm not i I'm just like nodding and agreeing. And he goes, first job opportunity. Do you know what artist relations is? And I said, no. And he goes, it's it's just relating to artists, talking to artists, knowing the product. And I was like, okay. He goes, I have one opportunity for you. I'm best friends with Tim Godwin, who still is the head of artist relations of all of Taylor Universal um, globally. Um, and he goes, I got on film with Tim. The guy that was the artist relations person is about to go out on the road with Alan Jackson. They need a new artist relations person for Taylor Guitars. I know that you taught Avon a Taylor guitar, and I know that you play it well. It's a full-time job. And I said, okay. And I was so stubborn at this time. And this goes back to your phone call circling yep. back. You're such a dick. I, was just, I said, <laughs> oh fuck God. you. No, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> fuck you. Oh, awesome. yeah. I wanted to kick you in the head. Oh, no, no. So and so, and so, so I was like, okay. He goes, I have another opportunity for you. And he's not even letting me speak at this point. He goes, I have another opportunity. Smart for man. You. And I said, I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just wait. He said, I have another opportunity. I was like, what is it? He goes, you know what Roland is? And I said, no, because I didn't. I didn't know what Roland was. I knew what Boss was because I was a guitarist. The pedals, mm-hmm. you know, like the signature pedals. Yeah. And uh, he goes, well, do you know what Boss is? And I was like, the pedals? He goes, yeah. I was like, hey, of course. He goes, Roland owns Boss. I was like, oh, shit. It was the first thing I learned about the company. And uh, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, they're looking for a part-time artist relations person. It's going to be in this building. You're going to be working right down the hall from me. 
And I and my eyes lit up because what happened was before I was knocking on the door for eight months straight and it was always Julian's in a meeting, Julian's in a meeting. And I was like, well, if I'm in, if I'm where the sausage gets made, I can know when Julian's working, I can talk with Julian and I can, I can make it work. Right. Uh, and so, and so he was like, it's part time. It's not as hectic. What do you want? And he didn't even give me a chance to speak. He goes, what do you want? And I was like, um, I don't. I don't, I don't know. And he goes, I'll give you to the end of the day to decide. And I'm only going to give you to the end of the day. You have till the end of the day to get back to me. Shoot me a text. I'll make the call if you Is want. Is that when you called me and him? Yeah. And, oh, and I had no idea the impact. Yeah, no. So, so this is so this so is. You're welcome. So this, so this is so, so this is the full circle because I panicked and what and what do I do? I'm totally circling back. What do I do? I call my family, which is New Jersey, which is my which is my lifelong family friends to the you know until the day I die. Um, and so he goes, oh, you're too sweet. he goes, okay, except for Connor. And so he goes, <laughs> and so he goes, he goes, he goes, okay, what do you want from me? That's how he talks still to this day. He goes, what do you want from me? And I was like, very well, sexual, very sexual. I have this EP and, and I, I would love to get your opinion on it. And I think it's great work. And he just takes the, he takes the CD and he goes, I'll listen to it. Anything else? And I was like, no, he goes, okay, go. And I was like, okay. So I walk out. He never listened to this CD, by the way. Um, and so, I, and so, and so, I walk out, and I'm just like, <laughs> real story, because he only listens to things on his phone, and that's what I learned when I started working. Oh. He's like, oh, he doesn't listen to CDs. I was like, cool. So he's never heard me. Uh, <laughs> he's, got a nice, he's got an extensive collection of James Hayden yeah, coasters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. The coasters are incredible. James Hayden quality coasters, uh, CVS brand. Okay, so uh, me, you call me and Nick, and me and Nick are like in so many words, like, yeah, just do it. What the fuck are you think about? Just yeah, well, I was, I was questioning everything. Thing. I was like, you know, I got this opportunity, but it was, I was like, I don't want to be labeled as the rolling guy. I want to be an artist. And they were like, you're an idiot. This is going to help you with your career, blah, blah, blah. Like all well, this you stuff. you were the head chef of the winery. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw my resume. So you saw my resume. Laminated, dude. Um, and so uh, at 10 o'clock at night, I, and, and Megan was actually, and I'll, I'll, and I'll always have to give her credit for this till the day I die. Megan was the one that put it into perspective because she was the last one I called. And I was like, because Megan is Megan Hatem is like the most honest, terrifying person in on the planet. <laughs> oh, she's a bit of shit. No, no. So if I'm going to call something, she's going to tell me the truth. She's a very small yet terrifying package oh, of a person yeah. <laughs> with the tramp stamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember, remember when she got that, and you're like, "Oh, you got a tramp stamp." <laughs> I was like, and she's like, "No, it's a tattoo." And I was like, she's like, "Yeah, it's a tramp stamp." Yeah. I'll never forget that. You, oh, you made her so insecure. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, I, Nick, Nick made her so insecure about her tattoo. Anyway, she's so pants. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I called Megan and I was like, Megan, I don't want to like be no- boilerplate thing. Like- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very tribal. Yeah, very tribal. Yeah, so, I, so, I, so, I, so I called. I yeah, called. What tribe? Was she from Wakanda? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I called Megan and I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. And she and I and I said, you know, I'm making more money. They've, you know, roll. Uh, I was like, I'm, ma- I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to make more money landscaping, and I can still work on my artistry. And Megan said, she goes. If you don't take this job opportunity, you are going to be wasting your talents. That's all she said well, to she's me. She's right. Yeah. And I said, Megan, thank you. I hung up the phone and I texted Julian. I was like, I'm interested in the Roland job. And that led to um, um, 
so I, as I said, I was interested in the role and job, and I texted Joel, and he goes, okay. And I never, I didn't hear of anything from him. And then I was in a stage, I was about to turn 27 years old. I'm so sorry I'm talking so long. No, no, no. I was about to turn 27 years old, and I was like, I'm going to Hawaii for my 27th birthday because I'm going to crash on my friend's couch in Hawaii. And at, at that time, if nothing has happened in music in Nashville, because I've been there for years, I'm going to L.A. and I'm doing acting because I know somebody out in L.A. in the casting field. I've always wanted to act. I've always enjoyed acting. I'm going to do that. And I said, God, give me a sign. And he did. Uh, later that day, I went uh, out. She did. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> later that day, I go out for a coffee. And, I, and, and I'm gone for an hour. And I go back. And I go to my apartment to unlock the door. And the door is kicked in. I was robbed. They stole all my money. That's why they stole your fucking loop pelt, too, right? No, that was the second oh, time I was time. robbed. It's a different time. And so they stole... I have a very complicated life. I'm finding out... Like, I didn't realize until <laughs> I started getting... This show brought to you by the National yeah. Chamber of Commerce. Come yeah, yeah, live yeah, in yeah. Nashville. Oh, my God. You'll get so, robbed twice. So, I, I, was, I, so I, was, I was robbed, and they stole the $700 that I was going to bring to Hawaii to live off of for two weeks. And, um, and like you're hanging out in Nashville, huh? Yeah. And no, and, 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 and uh, this was my sign. I was like, I'm going to L.A. Like, my lease is up in August. It's it's early June. I'm going to LA. Or no, I'm sorry. It's mid it's mid May because I was about to leave. Late May is my birthday. Okay, so what got you to your senses then? <clears throat> and so I go. I so I I'm working double time on the landscaping company that I started, and I'm like I'm still I'm, using everyone's I'm gear. Still using everyone's <laughs> gear. I'm borrowing gear now for new houses just to get more <laughs> fucking money. That's real. Like you're laughing, but that's real. Like I was borrowing people. I was like, can I borrow this rate because this house called me and I need this money, and and so I was trying so hard to get as much money as I could before I went out to Hawaii and I'm in the middle of I'll never forget I'm in the middle of weeding I'm pulling weeds out of a woman's driveway that she hired me for and my phone starts ringing and it says California and I and I filed for my insurance claim but they stole cash and I could only they stole 700 but I can only get $200 cash back and I was like these people are gonna fuck call me and tell me I'm not getting any cash back so I answered the phone super angry and upset and I was like I was like hello and this lovely woman on the other end goes, hi, is this James? And I was like, yep. I'm like ready for them to be like, you're not getting any money. And I was like, yeah, it's me. She goes, hi, my name is Lisa Roy. I work with Roland. I'm friends with Julian. Can I talk oh. to you for a second? And, oh, I, oh. and I already took my lunch break. And yeah. so I'm weeding the driveway as I'm doing my first phone interview with Roland. And so as I'm weeding the driveway, I'm weeding it. And at, at the end of 30 minutes of me just continuing weeding and answering her questions, she goes, you know what? You sound like a lovely individual. Can you send me your resume? And I'm going to talk to the VP of, of Global Relations about you. And I was like, sure. And I hung up the phone and I was like, fuck, I need to make a resume because I never had a resume. <laughs> and so... Oh, wait till you see that head chef. And, yeah, and, so, and, <laughs> and I was like, I got him the head culinary chef and that's, 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 that's the nail right and, there, and buddy. So, and so I said, I said, okay, so, so I went into the woman's house that I was landscaping for and I was like, I think I might potentially have a job. And she goes, you deserve it because you've been working with me for two years and what the oh, fuck are you doing? My yard looks like <laughs> shit. <laughs> She's like, oh, this is so lovely. And so I was like, I was like, great. So I go, home and I make a quick resume and I put the studio down that oh. I that I made that I was still working with and I said I'm the own I'm the creator of Natural Soul Studio and I sent in the resume and I hear nothing and I go out to Hawaii and I turn 27 and I'm 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm body surfing at Waikiki Beach and I'm like oh poor you yeah yeah, yeah. life was great life was great except for everything was wrong and I was like, and, and and I was like I was like well I was like wait I'm, I I don't know if I can move to LA yet because something's happening and until Roland says no, um, 
I, I don't know. And so I just was confused the entire time in Hawaii and got super drunk. And I was like, what the fuck is my life? And I fly back in and it's a week before the job was supposed to start. And I had, and I haven't heard a thing. And all of a sudden I get an email saying, we want to do an interview with you an, a, a Skype interview with you. And I was like, Oh my God. And oh, I'm sorry. It was a little before a week. And they're like, we want to do a Skype interview with you. I was like, oh, okay. No one cares. No, this is important. This is impo- no, no, no. This is this is important. It was, it was right before a week a week before the job started, and they're like, I want to do an interview with you, and I was like, okay. So I was ready to do the Skype interview, and I was all set up in the ghetto where I was robbed, and the Wi-Fi was really sketchy, and it's twenty minutes before the interview, and the Wi-Fi shuts off no. in the entire apartment oh complex. Oh my god! Yeah, and so the Wi-Fi shuts off, and I don't have any connection, and I have 20 Jesus minutes before this interview Christ. starts with L.A., and this was a big thing, because it's a two-hour difference from Nashville through Evans here, and so we were, it took a long time to, That's and I was diarrhea like, playing written all over and so, and so, uh, I just have diarrhea. by the way, great, great band in Nashville. Uh, <laughs> it's a band called Diarrhea Planet. No, I know. Uh, yeah, I love yeah, Diarrhea they're, Planet. Yeah, they're, they're great. They're from Where Nashville. they have, like, 62 guitar players? Um, and so, <laughs> and so, I panicked, and I, I was like, bathroom breaks. So I mean, and, so, and, and I panicked because I was like, I have 20 minutes to find Wi-Fi. Where am I going to do it? I don't want to do it at Starbucks because everybody's going to be running Panera Bread. No, 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 no. And I was like, wait a minute, Belmont, where I graduated uh-huh. years ago. And I was like, I know a place underneath the atrium where the basement, where, where the baseball team plays. <laughs> Or I'm sorry, basketball team plays, and it's a place underneath the major. This is a real story. So I got in the car, I drove to Belmont, I walked into the atrium, I went down the stairs, and there was a lamp with a table. I grabbed that and a chair, just to look nice. Just to look nice. This is real. This is real. And so, and I set up the laptop. I had five minutes to spare. I opened up the laptop, made sure that this is a real story, and I made sure that the that that, 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 that it looked oh, like it so looked it looked like I was in a home right and I said this, like an yeah, yeah, yeah. and I said yeah and I said I said this is good enough and I hit and I connected to the Wi-Fi and two minutes oh, later yeah. I get the call and I answer the call and I'm wearing a button-up shirt with a lamp and a desk and it looks really great and uh, and and I said I said and they're like hi James are you ready for the interview I was like yes yes I am and it was it was four people were there in LA it was the vice president of uh, artist relations for global it was his executive assistant it was the head of hr and it was um another person and um and so some clam uh, yeah, some, <laughs> fucking, some fucking joke and some jabroni and so always oh, the head of marketing that was, oh, yeah, and, so, and so paul mccabe lovely man and so <laughs> hi paul <laughs> And so and so and so the four of them answer and I w- and and so they start asking me questions <laughs> and so the interview is going on for thirty minutes and I'm like please don't let the janitor come down here <laughs> and, I'm like, please, please. and I was like I was like how much longer than go on this shit and uh, and so they said uh, they said how much do you know about gear. And I said, well, I don't read a gear magazine underneath the covers at night, but I know how boss pedals work and everything. I've been playing them for a while. And Brian, who's now, you know, my boss now, he goes, well, what if we asked you to read a gear magazine at night? What would you say to that? And without missing a beat, I was like, well, are there pictures in the book? Or... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and there was I'm silence. Not too much of a reader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there was there was silence for about two seconds, and then everybody erupted into laughter. And they were like, "I think we've heard enough. Thank you very much." And ended the call. And I was like, "I just lost this fucking job." And I was like, "I was like, I was like, I'm going. I was, I was, I was like, I'm going to LA. I gotta go make yeah, sandwiches." Yeah, I was like, I was like, "Well, I'm going to LA. I'm gonna do acting." And um, and do some porn. And two days later, two days later. Um, I, I, it was five o'clock. It was a week before the job started. And, uh, two days later I get a call at uh, five o'clock from Gladys, who was the HR woman in the interview. And she goes, James, it's Gladys. We want to offer you the job. We're going to pay you a little bit more than we, th- when, than we said, and we need to know your answer now because we need to get paperwork started because we only have a week. And I was like, uh, uh, I'll, 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 I'll take the job. You know, I talked to you. I remember I talked to you. I talked to you. I talked to Megan. And I was like, I'll take the job. And they're like, great. Send us everything. We're saying we're emailing you, blah, blah, blah. So they did. That's exactly what happened. And um, and that was the beginning of artist relations for Roland. And I went from I literally went and there's and you could pull it up. There's an article and is there's an article with me and the president of boss, Julian Raymond, a couple other big skunk Baxter from Steely Dan's in there. <laughs> and then there's me at the end with a low cut stained sweaty shirt because I was landscaping right before the party. I was landscaping. I was landscaping. Dude, I was landscaping right before the Rome oh, party. That's hilarious. And you gave them all poison ivy when you got there. Dude, and, 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 and this is real. Like that was the start of my Roland Artist Relations. Right. And then I met a publishing company through there, and that's so I'm writing for Netflix right now. I'm writing cover songs for Netflix and I'm getting paid for that. Which is super yeah, awesome. Yeah, dude. And I don't yeah. want to undermine that. Yeah, but sorry. I think I, but I think I think the perfect cadence, pun intended, to this to this uh, interview would be you know because the that I'm so sorry by the way that no t- this yeah. is this is like the most entertaining thing you ever ever made. Yeah, <laughs> so like, I was no, like, no, like real talk though because the cover thing that's awesome. But yeah. coming back to when we originally started this, yeah, one of the things your dad. One of his biggest pieces of advice was make your own music. Yeah. Now, this cover thing for Netflix is super exciting, and you're bound to make a lot of money. But for me, like, you told me a story a few months back that I thought was just, like, incredibly inspiring. And I think you should tell it where it was you met with this producer. Yeah. And played him your songs. Yeah. And you didn't really like them. Yeah. And he gave you some notes. And then what did you do? Mm. You have to be more specific. There's a lot of failures in my life. Well, so the last, okay, so the, the, what I'm referring well, I'm to is talking there, about your sex life. There was a conversation. Oh, you're not. There was a conversation in which I think it was. I think it was like your boss, where or not. Oh yes, I, I know, know what you're talking, talking about? about. I do know what you're talking about. So it was, yeah, it was my, it was Julian Raymond, who gave me this advice. So I, uh, so I, um, he finally actually got an opportunity to listen to your stuff. So on a, on, on another note, on an, on another note, which is which is very interesting is. Um, my original music is also very much at a platform where I'm about to next week I have a private meeting with Julian Raymond about management because of what he heard later but um, there's a lot of I guess there's a lot of lessons to be learned but never accept never accept failure if you don't want to the only reason why you will fail at something is if you stop trying right and I know that sounds so lame but for example um, I had um, 2013. I had an internship with a uh, record label, and the head of A and R um, um, 
that I worked with, she was she's lovely and she's the head of AR now with um, another record label. But at the end of my internship, she bought me lunch and all she said was, <clears throat> You weren't the worst, but you were nowhere near the best, and you should probably find something else different to do. Right. And I and I and I remember thinking, Holy shit, I can't make it in the business side of of music. And two weeks ago, she emailed me asking for my help. Um, and uh, she said, James, I heard about your job, and I'm wondering if you might be able to help me out. And I did. I helped her out actually several times since then in two weeks. Which is the right move. But in Which your, is head, the right, but in but your in head, head, you're like, how you laughing now? So the woman, so yeah, so the woman <laughs> that said I would never succeed in music business has now asked for my help, and now we work together. So, so it's one of those things where if I had accepted what she said, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be where I'm at. So, the, what goes back to your thing with the music is I. I mean, I've been writing music, and you've heard the beginnings of it since yeah, I was I mean, twelve. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sorry. No, yeah. I really, I really love this story, and I love this story because just to give like my summation of it is you met with your boss or yeah, Julian. So, so you have Julian. Yeah, you, you show him your songs, and he goes. Yeah, I mean, they're... Okay, get, show me the next one. Show me the next one. Well, and that's, yeah, the th- that's, the, that's the inside, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it back at you, but the inside view of what people don't understand is that when you're dealing with a vice president or you know, a senior vice president, you have 20 seconds yeah. to do something. It's not like it was back in the day where it's like, listen to this whole song. Well, they he doesn't li- have time for this. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have time for it. So he gives you 20 seconds, and it was, and it was what I was telling you. Next song. Stop, next song. Stop, next song. And sorry, so go, go ahead. No, I mean, it's your story. So what I got out of it was, so he wasn't super impressed, gave you some notes. Yeah. And you were sitting at home and you were like, I guess I could shop up some of these. But instead of doing that, you just were like, well, fuck it. I'll just write five new songs. Yeah. And you did. What happened? So I wrote, so I wrote these new songs and uh, I wrote, I wrote five new songs and I chopped off one of them to even make it a shorter EP. And I was writing for, and I still write for, Little Big Management out of the UK. So I write for their pop artists. And so when the pop artists come here, I write songs for them. And through that, I met a producer. And that producer heard a song that I uh, wrote called Harriet. And it's about the life of Harriet Tubman. And I played him this song, and he said, we need to record this song. We need to record this story. And, and, uh, and that was the beginning of... When I was like, well, I'll tell you what, this is this is the story is that I, I, I went to this senior vice president. He said, you, it's all over the place. You need to find a sound. I said to the producer, can we build off this song an EP? And he said, absolutely. I'm still best friends with him. Trip wears his name. He's an incredible producer in Nashville. And he said, absolutely. And so we started a project together and we made these we made four tracks. And it was seven months later that I found myself in that same room with that same man. And, I, and, he, and the first thing he says is, you better not be wasting my time. Which b- right, before, I already gave you, I yeah, already gave yeah. you a shot. Before, yeah. before I played the tracks, which is terrifying as a musician. Because, all you, yeah, because all you really know as, as a musician, as an artist, as a writer, as a songwriter, all you really know is what you know. 
All you know is, okay, I have these lyrics, I have these stories, I'm going to well, somehow make it in your soul, and yes. there's somebody right. who could give a shit less it doesn't right give a in shit. front of you that wants to hear. They're looking what you for have. money signs, yeah. and you're and you're writing about your life, and so and and what it came down to was, uh, and I'll never forget it. He sits me down, and he goes, "You better not be wasting my time." And before a, a note was played, and I said, I, I, I really don't think I am. And he said, play it. And I, and I, and I, I, I'll, I will give myself credit. I studied him for seven months. As, as sad and as weird as that sounds, I was in the same building. I saw how he prepared for pitches for the label. I saw what he did for his own artists. He always printed out his lyrics. He always made sure that they were available so to learning. read through. Yeah. And so for and seven months... And you're picking up. Because like, yeah. I think, I think no, that's, just, that's savvy. I think yeah. if you just tried to carbon copy what he told you in that room and just try to do something that would make him happy... It wouldn't have been as genuine, but right. you learned but no, who he was, yeah, you, and it and you, and you, went and you a little learn, deeper than that. And you, you learn, I mean? and you learn from exactly. Those experiences and I with think them. there's a fruit to that, and I'd like you to finish the story. Because yeah, of what I'm yeah. Say, and what I'm again, and I, then I want to hear the Harriet Tubman song. Okay, yeah, perfect. And again, I apologize for running so late, You're but fine. um, but uh, and You're so he said, and so what I did was before I sat down with him, I printed out all of the lyrics to all four tracks, and I said, here are the lyrics. Um, and uh, we're about to listen. So, um, so the first track was the Harry Tubman song, and 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 um, he listened to it, and he said, "I know it's done, but the only thing I would change is the bridge. I would cut it shorter, and then I would do the tag at the end of the of the end of the song after every single chorus." He goes, "But it's bridges done. Are, bridges are always too long." Yeah. He goes, but it's done now. And I was like, no, I appreciate the feedback. He goes, play the next one. But it wasn't a, this is not good. It wasn't a, this is not good, which was amazing. Sign. Yeah. Probably gave you a little bit of confidence. Right. Right yeah. The next yeah. One. And so, and so I was like, okay, we're, we're, we have three tracks to go. And I had done little like plays with other producers in town that I was friends with. And the strongest track was don't call me crazy. And he goes, and I, and so I thought, okay, I'm going to put that out the third out of four. If we make it to the third track. Mm-hmm. He'll be impressed, and he'll say, okay. So I was like, all we need to do is make it to number three. Mm -hmm. Number one was, I would have changed this, but it's a good melody, and it's a good song. And he goes, play track number two. I play track number two, and he listens to it all the way, reads all the lyrics, and 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 I stop it, and he goes, that's the catchiest chorus I've ever heard out of you. And I said, okay. He goes, play the third track. I play the third track, Don't Call Me Crazy. And at the end of it, he looks at me and he just goes, these are very special songs. And then he goes, and then he followed up with, did you write all of these by yourself? And I said, yes, I did. And he, and he, he, he nodded his head and he goes, these are very special songs. Mm-hmm. He goes, play the last one. And I played the last one. And at the end of the last one, he looked at me and he goes, you took my advice. And I didn't say anything, and I'm I'm literally sitting on my hands, and I'm because I'm shaking at this point. He goes, "You took my advice." He goes, "Who produced this?" I said, "Trip Weir." He's like, "He did a very good job." He goes, "You have a sound, you have a sound here." He goes, "And I'm going to back it up. What do you want from me?" Mm-hmm. Which was the question that he asked years ago, mm-hmm. and I said, "I want I'm, I'm I want management." He goes, I will help you. And actually, um, this coming up Wednesday, I have a meeting with Julian on management. So, uh, so yeah. as the, as the story continues, lesson all right, lesson James learned. Life, yeah, right? just keep going. Work seven jobs and just give it <laughs> fail a, shit. a lot. Yeah, fail. No, seriously, 
fail. Become the executive chef at the farmer's yeah. market. Bust your ass <laughs> and you will get what you need. This is a long Seriously. story, but and and, th- and there's other stories with this, but the main lesson is like, that's what it is. You you have to you're going to fail. If you're so going to chase times. that. Oh, countless I mean, everybody, times. Everybody, everybody knows. Everybody this knows. This is not a success story. Like, there's, like, like being a musician is not like a, oh, I, you know, fuck it. I'm and just like, going to be the, a fucking famous right. musician. No, like, it, it's a job. And I know and if you treat it like a job, right. it will in turn become your career. Right. And the weird trade-off is what be, what, when, when, when we were kids, it's a hobby. Right. And it's like this thing we fuck around with. Right. And as we, if you become a musician and an adult at the same time, which is very difficult to do both, um, to be an adult Jesus. and a musician, I mean, to make a living yeah, in to make a like, living in but, music but, is insane. But it's but but like it's really weird because you know we take our we take what we do with our time and all of a sudden it's our job. So like now what do we do with our spare time? It, music, still yeah. music. It's yeah. always going to be music. So like we we're just like we're just manic crazy geeks who just like to do what we do, you know? right? Like, you know? But like you you have you have kept a really good, great work ethic about everything. I mean, honestly, really, and you've learned like, truly, you've learned so truly, many lessons. Seriously, like one of the best work work ethics, yeah. if not the best. And, work and, ethic and you I and know you've learned you've learned life lessons at every turn, and you have taken every opportunity you've been given, and and every opportunity that you've taken, and you've made the best of them. For better or worse, mm. for hook, you know, come hook or crook, like you know, whether 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 you fell flat on you know flat in your face, dick in the dirt, or you, or, or you got picked up on somebody's shoulders and carried to the next level, you learned from every one of your opportunities and every one of your mistakes, and it's taken you to some really great places, and I'm just elated to call you family. I'm so proud of you. We're every like you know we're all so fucking proud of you, man. You've done oh, you've done insane. you've done you're great always one of the stuff. Most interesting stories, and I'll t- and I'll tell you something right now. Like, first of all, I'm gonna be really corny here for a bit. Number one, the fact that you are my friend that I started this with is 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 an honor and a privilege. I'm glad to know that you are the guy that. I sat there like an idiot with fucking snot coming out of my nose, going, "Oh, I guess we can do this, right?" <laughs> but you know. Man, like, not only that, just, like, I really, like, I think if, like, McFly, like, Marty McFly went back in time and told us, not Marty McFly, like, if Christopher Lloyd went back in time and, like, told past you and me what we were going to do, we'd be like, uh-uh, no way. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, yeah. You know? I mean, you, you, you know, you've... You've really made you've made a great fucking go of it, and you've taken, you've taken advantage of, of these great opportunities, and... And I'm just I'm just so proud to know you. I'm so proud of you. I'm just so glad to to see you thriving. And if you're looking for a birthday gift for me this year, I'm a size 1988 Cadillac. <laughs> hey James, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking. Hey James, no. hey James, you good? Yeah, you good. <laughs> so now we're gonna hear Harriet Tubman. Yes. Now All we're right? gonna hear Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman. Yeah. And 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 by the way, side note, just uh, as a final note, I'm so proud of. Nick is inspiring New oh, Jersey artists. Stop it. Connor and Dylan are are fucking building the education of of, of musicians in New Jersey. I mean, I mean, really, like I, I love you guys. I'm, I'm running honored. guns out of the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Shut hey, the fuck come up, on! Nick. Yeah. I told you that. It's when not I was drunk. It's not guns. It's swords. <laughs> <laughs> it's swords. Oh, thank you. Oh, we we got swords. Uh, swords. <laughs> oh, I love it. 
<laughs> Coming up next, we got James Hayden with his original tune entitled Harriet. I'm honored to be on such a professional system, uh, station. Play the fucking song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In her pocket, perseverance in her eyes. She's always on the move, fighting for the future, but always looking close behind. She's a fugitive on the loose. Maybe she's insane, maybe she's a saint, but either way. There goes Harriet Humming, swing low, sweet chariot Leading forgotten shadows on the run, run, run Though it may be dark, there are brighter days to come Singing hallelujah, hallelujah We found our place in the sun, yeah Pioneer on the frontier, conductor of a special kind. Her guide is the star and the moon. Oh, liberation as an occupation, and activist and a spy. She's a butterfly that is free from her cocoon. Maybe she's insane, maybe she's a saint, but either way. Harriet Humming Swing low sweet chariot Leading forgotten shadows On the run, run, run And though it may be dark There are brighter days to come Singing hallelujah, hallelujah We found our place in the sun, yeah Harriet. The song sucked. <laughs> 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 
Gorgeous, man. All so guests you, of the so good good podcast stay at James Tatum's house. Yeah. <laughs> In my dorm room. Oh my God. Folks, you've been listening to Ya Good, hosted by Nick Kena and produced by me, Dylan Jacobus. Intro and outro music written, recorded, and performed by the very same fellas. And as always, this show is brought to you by the Original Music School, your one stop shop for lessons, production, and recordings such as this. Be sure to follow you good on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play. And please give us five stars. And thank your lucky stars. We'll be back next week with a brand new guest and brand new tunes for your ears to enjoy. Stay safe. Don't talk to strangers. And tune in next time for you good. You good. <laughs>